0: Restaurant Unstoppable episode one thousand and fifty-six with Danny Azarello and Alan Fratty. It's true, right? Because when you start to respect
1: yourself, it's much easier to respect the people around you, right? And so if you're not if you're not portraying this person who's having balance, how can you tell someone else to have balance? How can you tell someone else to shave and and look good and and be presentable if you just walk around looking, you know, baggy eyes and and and, and like crap? (laughs)
0: Imagine you had an employee who never called out, kept inventory in line, could spit out sales and cost data at a moment's notice, and saved you hours of work. You'd want to hire that person, right? Margin Edge is the boost in efficiency you need and doesn't add to your labor cost. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that allows you to seamlessly manage all aspects of your business from one central location. With Margin Edge, you can track food costs in real time, make inventory, faster and less tedious, easily cost out your recipes, and get a daily P&L so you always know where you stand. Visit marginedge.com slash unstoppable to learn more and to get a free monthly restaurant sales report packed with exclusive industry trends, data, and insights. Once more, that's marginedge, dot com slash unstoppable. This episode made possible by Restaurant Technologies, Inc. RTI's Total Oil Management automates your entire cooking oil process. With Total Oil Management, you get dependable fresh bulk cooking oil delivery, filtration plus oil usage, monitoring and reporting, easy oil disposal, used cooking oil pickup and recycling, and say goodbye to messy, dangerous restaurant rendering tanks. Yuck. RTI's end-to-end cooking oil system helps you manage your used cooking oil disposal, storage, collection, and recycling conveniently, safely, and cleanly with no upfront cost. Restaurant Technologies, Inc., is always on so you don't have to be. To learn more, head to rti-inc.com and let them know Restaurant Unstoppable Podcast sent you their way. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot This episode brought to you by Owner.com. Owner.com is the leading all-in-one platform for restaurant marketing. Owner.com powers everything from SEO-optimized websites, direct online ordering, automated email and text marketing, built-in loyalty programs, zero commission delivery, and branded mobile apps for your restaurant that's integrated right into your POS. With Owner.com, there's no contract, no hidden fees, and nothing to lose. Join thousands of restaurant owners using Owner.com to grow direct online sales, save thousands in third-party fees, and simplify their online ordering presence all in one book a free demo today at owner.com slash unstoppable and see why owner.com is the number one rated restaurant marketing software with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guests co-founders of cracked kitchen and coffee Danny azarello and alan Fraddy, my men are you feeling unstoppable today we are feeling unstoppable yes, for sure. Yes, dude. I'm psyched to have you here. <laughs> Alan, you, you got to say something. Are you feeling unstoppable? Oh, I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for today's conversation. So you, I think you reached out to me in 2018. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to, to read the email back then, but do you remember what that was all about? Yeah,
1: I think it was pretty much uh, you know, Alan and I would would go back and forth on a lot of your episodes, and uh, it's, it said to Alan, you know, we should shoot him a message and just saying, hey, thank you for everything you've done oh, for us. Man, man. Yeah, uh, because uh, without those episodes, I don't think it would have pushed us to get to where wow. we were. And so that was, that was what that email was about. Yeah,
0: And thank you for that email. Because, yeah, you know, for the first six, seven years, like I was stro- I mean, even, even to the stakes, I'm constantly pushing the envelope. Yeah. It's a grind, you know. Uh, and those emails, is those are the emails that help me keep showing up, knowing that the work was helping people. And um, thank you for, for letting me know. But that was o- almost... Six years ago? Five years ago? Yeah. And you are you opened your restaurant four years ago, right? 2020?
1: 2020, uh, 2019. March 25th, 2019. Four years 2019. In,
0: five locations, yeah, mm-hmm. killing yep. it, yep. franchising. Yep. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh,
1: we got a lot going on. I mean, we have uh, Cracked Express that we just launched. Uh, that's a, uh, a concept that we built into gas stations and convenience stores. Uh, we have the Cracked Coffee Roasted Bar uh, that, are, that are going into convenience stores. That's a self-serve coffee station. We have a lot going on for sure. I mean, we're we're trying to you know yeah. really build that retail brand. Retail coffee, yeah, y-
0: yeah. So you get the retail coffee, mm-hmm. you got the franchise. Is the franchise the same as the the retail store situation, or is that a separate?
2: Um, it's a yeah, structured a little bit differently, but yeah, we'll um, get into the details
0: because yeah. I'm really curious about yeah. that. Uh, and then you also launched a spinoff concept with um, Hatched, right? Yeah, did yeah. you mention that? And I'm just regurgitating. Yeah, you?
1: no, we didn't okay. m- mention it yet, but I'll let Alan
2: take that one away. That was, yeah, uh, uh, during COVID, uh, when we were you know kind of looking to uh, survive like everybody else, we we sort of developed a fried chicken concept called Hatched um, that we utilize of our existing locations. Um, you know, nighttime hours, hours that we weren't open, uh, and kind of did that pop up ghost kitchen uh, thing that everyone was doing, and
0: yeah, we'll sure be pulling back layers on that. I want to wait, but I just want to give the listeners a big picture of where you guys are today after four years of launching, and now what we're gonna do, you know. Talking to two people at once, I like to kind of like break off and focus on mm-hmm. one person at a yeah. time. So it looks like actually we haven't popped off with a success quarter mantra yet. I'm yeah. No, that. we haven't. So let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you guys got for us? Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever it takes.
1: Uh, that's something
0: that has always been instilled in us from
1: day one, you know, and uh, uh, that's that's for sure. Something we still stand by every day,
0: every morning, every night, whatever it takes. Alan, are you going to piggyback on that? or Do you have your own?
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, I think uh, whatever it takes has definitely been a rallying cry of uh, Danny and I. We've gone through, you know, a tons of up, ups and downs to get to this point. Um, and that was definitely something that we always kind of, uh, you know, we're able to look at each other and say, you know what, we we there there is no quit in either one of us. And we're going to do whatever we have to do, um, you know, to make it successful. So
0: whenever when I hear whatever it takes, mm-hmm. again, it's just the idea that like, I think if you if you tell yourself it is possible mm-hmm. and, and you just say whatever it is, We'll figure it out. But if you say it's not possible, Correct. then you're instantly just throwing in the towel. And you're right. Like, 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 uh, whether yeah. you think yeah. you can or you can't, you're right. But if you have that, whatever it takes mentality, this just weird how things tend to just figure themselves well, out. Excuses sound best to the person making them up. Yeah. Right. I mean,
1: that's, and that's that, whatever it takes is, is just, you know what, we're going to get it done and we're going to do it right. And, uh, and it's been like that since day one and having each other's backs and, and just ensuring
0: that we're doing it right. Just ask yourself how. And yeah. your your brain will kick into hyper gear, and yeah. it will figure shit out. Yeah, uh, exactly. great way to get this thing started. Yeah, uh, so I think in my little bit of research, it looks like. And correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like Alan was the more tenured hospitality professional in terms of time in a restaurant, at least according to LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
1: I we, like I said that we've we lived that career, you know, side by side for quite a while. But yeah, it could be possible. It could yeah. be possible.
0: And I, I'm thinking it looks like. Um, Two thousand seven is when you were mm-hmm. at Texas Roadhouse, right? And yep. your LinkedIn goes back to two thousand fifteen. And you're, I'm assuming, your front of house operations and Al, Danny front of house operations, Alan back of house operations. It's so a little more convoluted. I think <laughs> we, we, we both kind of do a little this bit is of why everything. I don't make I assumptions. Mean, yeah, yeah.
2: I think, um, you know. Uh, schooling and training. My, my background's definitely more in the um, food food and beverage side of it. I went to college Graduate, and that yeah, kind of thing. Johnson uh, um, the Whale, correct? Yep, yep, correct. Um... But you know when you take on the challenge of opening a restaurant, um, you you do a little bit of everything, and Danny certainly uh, has his own you know experiences in the kitchen and knows his way around there very well as well, so yeah. um, we, we of course divide and conquer so um, now, but
0: oh seven to oh three you're yep. at Texas roadhouse yes and was that
2: your first okay, gig so. out of college? So it was actually my first restaurant job um, when I was in high school, so I okay, yep, that was my first uh, kind of entry into it. Um, and then I went to Johnson & Wales. I did a little bit of everything while I was in college. Um, and then post-college, did some traveling, got back. And uh, yeah, some, some of the, my old uh, managers that I had worked with, I was out of money. I was broke. I was looking for what the next thing was. Um, they, they sort of let me know, hey, we're opening a, kind of a new prototype restaurant down in New York. What do you think about coming back and working, you know, joining the team again? Is this Is Burns. No, this was this was with uh, Roadhouse. Oh,
0: okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did you graduate college?
2: I graduated college in 07. Okay. Yep, '07.
0: So you '07 to '11. You're with Texas Roadhouse. I think. Yep. What, what an Correct. amazing organization to be a part of, straight out of college. Huge. That like that that organization doesn't not get enough Huge. credit for the the level at which they take care of their employees. I've mean, heard only amazing things. Hundred percent. So um, do you want to get into that? Like paint that yeah. picture of yeah. what it was like being a part of that organization.
2: Um, I mean, they definitely laid the foundation for my career. I would say, um, you know, quality. Uh, you know, they're they're a chain. When I worked for them, they were relatively small chain when I first started. How many locations do you remember? When I first started, I think it was like the thirtieth or fortieth location. Yeah. How many do they so have now? Like seven
0: hundred. Yeah. So a whole, like lot, a lot bigger. Today. Lot bigger today. Yeah, hundreds, a lot bigger today. Hundreds and hundreds of percent bigger.
2: Yeah, hundred percent bigger. Um, and. You know, scratch-made stuff, uh, hand-cut meats. So you know, they, they taught me how to uh, break down, you know, break down sides of beef. Uh, everything from the consistency. I think that what they do really, really well um, is build that repetition, the consistency. Every single day you go in, you know what to expect. Um, what were
0: they doing to deliver that consistency? What were the what were the biggest influences? Procedures. The things that yeah, like what yeah. what stuck with you two today?
2: Today, one of the you know one of the foundation things we call it something different, but um, you know, line check. You know, we—I I believe they called it the term they used was uh, a taste and attempt. temp. Okay. So it was every day. You'd go in, you taste every single item um, that was on the line, you temperature everything out, you check all your equipment. Um, and it was every day, every day, part same of, time every day, same time every day. Part of the ritual. Culture. Ritual. Yes. Hundred yep. percent. Uh, you know, hundred percent completion on a daily basis. It's something that, you know, as of Sunday, uh, you know, we sent a note out to our entire teams just as a gentle reminder. Um, making sure that they get it done in our organization on a daily basis, so it's still something that you know is instilled is instilled in me and instilled in Dan today. So, so I,
0: what are you? I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah. what are you doing here to make sure it gets done every day?
2: Um, so, we lean a lot into technology. So, we utilize a program called Fusion Prep, okay, um, and we're able to manage and monitor that from a corporate level as well. So, it's digital so checklist, essentially. It's a digital checklist. Is, yep
0: is is that all Fusion Prep does, or mm. is it a part no. of a greater Platform. Everything we
2: have all of our recipes in there. Okay. Um, line checks, sanitation procedures, um, all of our standard operating procedures are in there mm-hmm. as well. So everything from how to clean an espresso machine to video,
0: like so, it's yep. training and st- yep. and checklists. Correct. Yes, got it. Interesting. Yep. First time that's been mentioned on the show.
2: Yeah, it's 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 something relatively new to us. We've we spent about six months onboarding it, and we've had it for how you discover about this? a year? I
1: think Danny found we, it. Yeah, uh, we did a demo with them about five or six years ago when I was at Burton's and uh, and they came in, did a demo. We didn't end up executing the deal with them, but uh, when we started to look at different, uh, different technology platforms to help us with the SOPs and just operations, um, I said to Alan I said you know Fusion Prep was something that we looked into I, I remember them being you know kind of up there and so we looked into it we had a couple of demos and uh, God it was you know, it's it's, it's definitely an elevated process
0: so, yeah. Yeah. I'll, so I'll have to look more into that for yeah, sure that um, great so I'm curious. Back 0- 07 to 11, when Alan is at Texas Roadhouse, where are you? Are you guys around the same age? How do you guys know each other? When did the, when did the pass cross? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm 42. I'm turning 42 this year. Yeah, uh, Alan's a little bit younger, but we uh, crossed paths at Burton's Grill. Okay, um, and I was the culinary director. Alan had come on board um, through a friend of a friend uh, who actually worked at Outback Steakhouse. So Burton's is actually there's a lot of Outback Steakhouse at Burton's. Uh, the the owners were were Outback Steakhouse franchisees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, from there, this gentleman, Mike Tynan, had brought uh, Alan over. He was an Outback uh, GM back in the day. And so Mike Tynan was a general manager at a Burton's in North Andover. And uh, and through you know people, he, he brought Alan over. Uh, and we had opened a new restaurant in Burlington, Burton's Grill uh, in Burlington. And, uh, and so Alan was the opening sous chef. But it's funny because I remember talking to uh, Denise and Pat and Kevin and saying to them, I'm like, this kid, Alan, has got a completely different... Uh, you know think to him and, and I think he 's going to go really far and and, uh, and Alan and I from that day just hit it off you know yeah. we're, we're him and I always saw eye to eye with people and culture and and operations and and Shared Burton's, values, yeah. And back in that day, Burton's was a little bit behind the times with technology, uh, and and Alan and I were always trying to push that forward. Right? How do we get line checks on iPads? I remember we mm-hmm. formulated this whole thing on PDF on how to get line checks on iPads, yeah. and uh, but we were always trying to push the envelope. And I was like, wow, I'm like this, you know, this kid really gets it, and uh, and he grew into a, an executive chef, and the story grows even further. But yeah, uh, that was uh, 2009. Now, so pri- about
3: that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 2008, 2008, 2009, 2009. Yeah. So I see that um Alan, you you moved over to Burton's in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, you I, on your LinkedIn, Danny, I see that you from 2015 to 2018 you were with um, uh, Eva Cucina. Eva Cucina. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it sounds like you you were in you've been in this industry for long before that.
1: Yeah. Well, I started at a young age. My uh, my aunt owned a pizzeria in North okay. Reading. Yeah. Called Mario's Pizzeria. And so when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, I would go with my cousins. Both of my cousins worked at the restaurant. And, uh, and so I'd be washing dishes. I'd pick parsley. I'd be scrubbing potatoes, you know, sweeping the line. And, um, you know, my cousins really kind of taught me everything about the restaurant. My yeah, you aunt's. don't
0: have to pay kids as long as they're family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she would pay me a steak and cheeses and, and, and pizza, you know. Smart. So, Smart, so it was great. Yeah. So Christmas, Christmas vacation,
1: I'd be over there. School vacation, I'd be over there. And I'd get up with her and go home with her. And, and uh, you know, she was uh, someone I always looked up to and a you know, hardworking person. And uh, And so from there... Um, you know, I, I knew I loved the restaurant business and I wanted to be in it. Uh, and so, locally, I worked for a, a concept called Espresso Pizza in Medford. I okay. was born and raised in Medford. And Got so, um, I worked there, uh, named Anthony Salvato, and, and uh, he was a, a, definitely a mentor of mine when I was younger. Um, just kind of took me by his side and uh and so it was uh it was a great learning opportunity so you're young working in restaurants really this young is, you, yeah you knew this is 13 14 15 you. did you go to school school college no i never went to school i never went to college no i sucked at school I, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even good at high school a lot of
0: people who work in the restaurant industry sucked at yeah
1: school. yeah i mean my parents were pretty pretty upset with me you know <laughs> uh, senior year when i barely graduated but we got through it and uh and i was working at outback steakhouse at the time my, my cousin was a gm and I never forget. I got home. Oh, okay. Outback
0: Steakhouse, Texas. Right. I was like, "Wait, you, you guys are both." Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, so uh, yeah.
1: So at the time, Kevin Harron, who was the uh, owner of Burton's, he was the franchisee for the New England t- territory. Okay. And so I worked for Kevin at Outback Steakhouse.
0: So who is this gentleman again? Let's say his name. Kevin his name. Harron. Kevin Harron. Yeah,
1: H A R O N. Um, so, so, so Kevin
0: owned Burton's, but he was also a franchisee, a franchisor.
1: When he sold Outback, sorry, yeah, uh, yeah he sold Outback as a franchisee. Okay. Five years later, he opened up Burton's Grill.
0: Okay, so he yeah. got into the restaurant. Was he working in restaurants before that? God, yeah, he was in. Was yeah. a pizza guy? He's
1: no, no. He's uh, he was a restaurateur from you know a really young age. But um, yeah, we'll hook you up with him if you want to talk to him. Okay. He's he's got a a real long yeah. life story. But
0: I think what's interesting is this idea of having a portfolio. I think right. restaurant owners are kind of. Guilty of putting themselves into a corner, like I am a, this type of restaurant. Sure, yeah. But like, yeah. why not diversify? Why not have different types of concepts? Totally. Why not test, you know, you know your market with other people's franchises? Yeah. Like, if you know how to run a restaurant, right. you know, like, yep. it, spread out your assets. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, uh, and I think I'm I'm seeing that kind of emerging with the two of you too, even right. four years into this. Thing. Yeah, you kind of have to, you know. I mean, yeah. you have to continue to innovate.
1: It's so uh yeah, so you know, we we opened it out back in Medford and so I was uh I was a host. Uh, what year is this? This was uh ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Ninety nine,
0: two thousand. Bring me up to two thousand eleven. Yeah, sure. And then that's where we left off with Alan and then yeah. we'll from there we'll kind of take it back to Told Alan it, and see yeah. what was going on. Yeah,
1: so I I started Burton's in two thousand six. So in two thousand eleven Alan and I were both uh with uh you know, Burton's at that time. We had to open multiple burtons i think we were on probably number 13 or 14 with burtons um but kevin wanted to launch a different concept called red heat tavern and now red heat tavern was a sister concept of of burton's grill but um you know he wanted us to focus on the growth of burton so he had hired uh, an outside firm to come in and and build red heat tavern and alan and i will always remember this because it was uh, a hell week but uh <laughs> At, at the time of opening when they were opening Red Heat Tavern um, and this was Alan 2011
0: 2012 right something around there I think there. it
2: was a, maybe yeah. like 2015
0: oh it's okay yeah, yeah. so, so yeah so Kevin or sorry Alan was with Red Heat from 2014 to. okay yeah, yeah alright yeah. so that
1: makes sense yeah yeah so that makes sense right because I was I had got married in 2012 so um, yeah so we uh, all of a sudden Kevin Kind of calls us and says, "Hey, listen, boys, um, we're in a little bit of trouble at Red Heat. I just think we're not where we need to be, and I, I need assistance on getting this thing off the ground." So, I, I was the culinary director at Burton's, uh, and so I said, "All right, I'll come over." Alan was the executive chef in the Burlington Burton's, so I had gone over there and I said, "Yeah, no, this is this is tough. I mean, we, we have a lot to do and, and a lot to get done." And so, so you're
0: twenty four years old at this 2006. You said, yeah. yeah this was uh, no, no. This was 2012. Oh, 2014. later. 2014. later. Yeah. When you're going yeah. to Red Heat? This is at Red Heat.
1: Giant. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we had uh, we had opened up Red Heat, and uh, within a couple of days, I had said to Kevin, I said, "Kev, is there any way we can get Alan over here? Because uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to get done.
0: What were you? What, what were the pain points?
1: Uh, there were no recipes. Um, there was no training standards. Um, you know, every uh, all the SKUs were messed up. We didn't have an ordering ordering process. It just was really different than what we were used to at Burtons.
0: And... and Kevin was no schmuck when it came to restaurant operations. No, no, God. was it because he was used to what was more of his background? Was it taking well, proven concepts and, and bringing them to market? No, or? no, I think I think he
1: put you know he put trusted to people that you know that that should have gotten it done and just weren't able to do it and, Got it and 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 you know listen it's you know the the fingers can get pointed every which way but so he was delegating day, this he and, was yeah yeah the,
0: the the delegation. Yeah, fell short.
1: Yeah, it fell short. And, and uh, you know, we were able to get in there and and, and, and get it to, to where it needed to be with everyone's help. I mean, there were a lot of people in that process to get it to where it needed to be. But I do remember when, you know, Kevin had came to me and said, you know, what do you think? And I said, uh, Alan's the guy, you know. if, if and, and, you know, selfishly, I wanted Alan to stay at Burton's, you know, because he was one of the best executive chefs we had in the team. Uh, but I knew for Alan... It was important for him to go and, and do his own thing, and I knew he was the the guy that was going to take this concept to where it needed to be. Why did you know that was important for him? Um, I think you know personal development, and professional development, right? Those two things go side to side, and I, as being you know an executive chef at Burton's, and then promoted to a Connor director. I saw what that meant to me, and I knew that he could do it. And and you learn so much, right? You learn about vendor relationships, and you learn bigger picture things, right, from 36,000 feet up um, versus just worrying about four walls. When you have to worry about 15 different walls, there's a lot more that goes into it, and your strategy changes. And even for me, when I was a counter director for Burton's, I learned really quickly. I said, oh, shit, I can't manage... All these restaurants, like I managed the one, you know. So things things change a lot, and I think uh, for anybody that you know is 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 an area manager or a director like that, um, it's so important to understand those processes.
0: Yeah. So, so now I'm curious from your perspective. Usually when I when I interview, you to I I do like separate interviews, mm-hmm. and then like yep. I go deep, and then I try to see how these things line up, but it, you're, you're hearing it as it's unfolding right now, right. so <laughs> I'm curious from your perspective, when this was going down and Danny reached out to you and pulled you off of your 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 current trajectory with Burton's, were you like, what was going through your mind when when this new vertical presented yeah. itself?
2: So, you know, first off, I mean, Danny, Danny he, he gave me the heads up that he had vouched for me, um, and of course, very appreciative, of all very
0: kind things he said. And How old are you at this point, point? 2014? 14.
2: Gee, so... 10 years ago. 28? It was... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was 28? like 29.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. 29, yeah. And you were like probably 40, to 32? Uh, no, no, I was... Uh, at that point, I was 32. Yeah, 32, yeah, 32 33, 33, 30, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yep. Got
2: it. Yep. Um, so it was... You know, I, I kind of had the heads up, and I was obviously appreciative, and it was sort of funny how it went down. I remember one of the owners um, came into the restaurant that I was working at at the time and um, sat me down and, uh, you know kind of unfolded the opportunity, let me know if it was something I was interested in. I said, absolutely. I would, I'd love to do it. She, I remember specifically, uh, she said, well, there's no more money in it for you and um, you're starting today. I go, <laughs> all right, sounds good. Um, <laughs> so I kind of said, said bye to the team and um, went on my
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But you're absolutely right. What Danny was saying earlier is this idea that people need a sense of growth. Like if, they, yeah. if they're in one position for too long and they hit a ceiling and that if there's, if the, 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 the opportunities ahead of them are all also filled and those people aren't going anywhere then people are going to find that opportunity someplace else. well you might as well even if it's not underneath your your roof or within your four walls Mm -hmm. bring it to an adjacent opportunity that's Mm -hmm. like within the organization you know the greater organization uh so good on you for seeing that there was an opportunity for him plus it kind of feels like you i'm curious Mm -hmm. at this point in your career were you did you have a vision for where you wanted to go yeah oh yeah did you have Alan Pang as somebody that you wanted to bring with you or oh, to, to yeah. share this opportunity. Hundred yeah. percent, yeah.
1: And I think you know there was there was That's actually a few people that I was uh, kind of grew up with in the restaurant yeah. industry, you know, and and um, and you know some worked out and some didn't. But I think you know with Alan it was it was more just about what he found important in his operations and as a person.
0: And I'm I'm saying I'm leaning towards Danny <laughs> because I'm assuming he was more of a mentor role for you, or no, or was this kind of a shared vision? I don't want to don't let me oh, no, I get the story wrong. No, I think um, a
2: little bit of both. I think there, okay. there yeah. was, you know, he was obviously more experienced with that culture and that concept than I was. So I definitely leaned on him for, you know, some guidance uh, with, with the personalities that were involved, but also for sure, like a, a quick friendship was formed. Um, we, we, as Danny had mentioned, you know, same values, same work ethic. I think the work ethic is a big thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Give I me think. an example of the work ethic Danny has.
2: Um, exa- an example? So we would pull... You know, twelve-hour days at Burton's or Red Heat, respectively, and then we would um, jump on a call after work and talk shop, work on concepts. Um, you know, he, I remember when we were opening Red Heat. If we had to be in at nine o'clock, we would both kind of look at each other and be like, "Yeah, we'll be here at six o'clock." And we'd work all night long if we had to. Um, it, it was more of we work till the job's done and done the right way than it was. Um, you know, we go home when we're scheduled, and and we both. We both saw eye to eye on that. We were both lucky enough that, you know, our our partners in life, you know, our wives, um, you know, stuck with us through that because it was definitely some long hours, and they put up with a lot as well. So, of course, appreciative of that. But um, I'd say, I'd say, you know, having somebody that's, um, you know, you're, you're equal. Uh, it's important, and I think one of the first things that, you know that I have looked at anyway when somebody that I, I want to be in business with and be a partner with for for yeah, the long run. For
0: sure. So. But I'm, whenever talking to people, like if I'm giving advice, I'm like, if somebody wants to open a restaurant. And they haven't worked in the industry. Like, go work in the industry one yeah, yeah. because you're going to learn so much about the work. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But two, I think the most important thing is if you want to go open a restaurant, you can't do it alone. And if you if you spend time working beside other people and like eventually what you're going to do, like those are where your future business partners are, or yeah. at least your are opening staff. Yeah. Right. Whether they're, you're going into business with them or you're just pulling people to come with you when you go open your own yeah. thing, you and, know, like and I you think can't do it alone.
2: Yep. Partnerships are great. And I think they're, you know, they have the ability to be tough. I mean, for us, we're lucky enough that, you know, I, I think at least we, we kind of carry the weight equally, you know, um, sometimes to a detriment because we, we, you know, we sort of have this, uh, You know, Danny Danny will work for three weeks straight without a day off, so I'm certainly not taking a day off. And we kind of had that thing going for a number of years, but I think, um, you know, it's been good for the business. And um, I think it's important for your partnership that, you know, there's at least some balanced workload.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are we skipping over anything that was, like, significant in terms of your own individual paths, points of evolution? uh, If our mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform Mm -hmm. the industry, I like to focus on the individual transformation. So, Mm -hmm. like, getting to your own little silos real quick like yep. were there any points of evolution for either of you before we move on no i mean i
1: thought you know going from you know i went from burton's to uh, to viva Cucina. and viva Cucina was actually uh, the son of kevin Harron. nick Harron had opened up that restaurant okay and so kevin had said to me hey you know there's an opportunity at aviva we're looking to grow it um you know what do you think and i you know my kid my, my son dean was just born he was about four days old and I'd come back to work and, and Kevin had pulled me in the office and asked me and I said, yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for myself, you know, to, to learn from a, a you know, a concept that has kind of started from scratch, um, and, and see how, you know, I could provide support, um, you know, to, to Nick and to Aviva and what I can learn from it, which was a lot, you know, and when you get to, you know, go deeper into the business and understanding the structure and the, you know, the payroll process and the AP process and, um, you know, how that all looks from the beginning, that's that's something you can't learn at school, right? Yeah. You don't learn that on YouTube. So, uh, and so,
0: was Eviva Cantina the first time you really got to look at the books, like deep into the books?
1: Um, you know, we we got some of that at Burton's, um, not not a lot of it, you know, but uh, at at Eviva, yes, yeah, we were much you know deeper into it because it was just Nick and I that were kind of and running you were
0: the down. general manager. I was a general manager, yep, yep, yep,
1: yep for a few of them uh, until we uh, sold that uh, to another company. And 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 this
0: was in 2015. 2015, 2016 Kind of crazy yeah. to think that you spent the majority of your young adult life working in restaurants yep and you didn't start to look at you know payroll account, accounts receivable account, accounts receivable yeah. accounts payable until you, let's see this would have been 2015 would have been 34
1: yeah yeah i mean it was 33 yeah
0: and i'm not like i'm saying that this is like this is the reality of our industry Where we, we, yeah. we don't share information correct we we keep the, the numbers behind lock key and lock and I yeah. think it's important to like you know like, I, were they doing open book management or no, no you look yeah. I mean yeah we saw we saw the, the base stuff right the okay. food
1: cost the labor cost the, the operational expenses right but uh you know, other than that, you didn't really know much of it, and uh, you know, even at Outback, like they kept a lot of those things black, blacked out. Uh, yeah. So you would just know what your actual theoreticals were and cost of goods and labor, uh, and then your operational expenses like linen and electric and uh, utilities and stuff. So. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Burtons did a really good job of, of of answering those questions when you had them. Um, yeah. And, you know, any any ownership at Burtons would never say no. You just had to ask the questions. Uh, but at Aviva, you were forced to know it because it was just us, right? Got so, um, So you learn, You got to learn a lot more on hands quickly.
0: What was the – do you want to jump in, Alan? Okay. Back <laughs> uh, What was the um, – Think that, how, how did that moment of really diving into the numbers have an impact on who – who you were how did that change you as an operator well I think
1: it makes you better at, at what you do right because you're you're looking at things in a different light instead of looking at a towel and just saying it's a kitchen towel well that's seven cents yeah right and, mm-hmm. and looking at a straw you know it's a, a cent and a half or so you, you get to look at things with a different respect and and uh, you know, taking care of your, of your equipment uh, and ensuring that your R and M is up to date, and so you're not, you know, getting caught with your pants down where a hot water heater blows up because you didn't pay attention to, you know, changing out the softeners and stuff like that. So there's a lot there that we could go through that that does allow you to just manage better, um, you know, and, and and really not only you know better yourself, but better your team, right? And teach them things that when you know when I was 18, 20, I wish someone
0: taught me uh, right. to make them better. Operators what were those things more? that you, you were teaching that you, you wish you were taught sooner?
1: God, I think, you know, everything from, you know what it means to pay an employee. Cause it's not just you pay an employee $20 an hour, you pay for their taxes, right? You pay for health insurance. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into paying an employee. There's a the cost of good side, all right, what what does a case of romaine cost? What does an egg cost? Uh, what does a brioche cost? Um, how do you you know? How, how are you able to manage utilities, gas and electric? Um, you know, contract cleaning. What does that mean? Right? Who owns the chemicals? Who owns the mops? And. There's just so much detail that goes into that. And that's what we teach today with our team, right? It's not just walking in and turn the lights on and, you know, putting an order through, right? There's a lot that has to be managed on a daily basis, whether it's rotations on, on product of food or ensuring that what you're paying for, right? If you get two bags of towels in or, you know, a case of chemicals come in that you're getting that because sometimes you know vendors will short you on stuff and you're not getting the credit for it and so uh, i think there's so much there um on the financial side but also the the side of of how do you deal with challenges from your staff right and, and Alan and i deal with this every morning right every morning we get the call. This person called out. That person called out. Um, you know, Susie got into a car accident. Mike got broken up with his girlfriend, and and he's upset. And so, how do you deal with those, right? And um, and everyone wants to be spoken to differently. And and uh, I think you know, managing through situations is something you're not taught, right? It's just an experience that you go through and say, "Oh shit, I don't think I'm going to do that again because that didn't work out well." Or you know, this is how I dealt with this. Um, maybe we should do the same with this person. Well, let's
0: let's pull that back a little bit further because I feel like how in terms again this idea of transformation the manager you were say 15 10 years ago versus today after you know you're almost like an entire adult lifetime of dealing with this sort of thing like how are you leading today how are you handling these little you know all the little examples that you gave us with the managing people Like, how how do you approach that today Uh,
1: I think you know today versus you know 5 10 years ago I'm much more patient um, and and understanding what the problem is, right? And, and I think uh, in today's age, especially after COVID, things have gotten very difficult, uh, and and everyone seems to be at a different level um, versus maybe
0: uh, what type of level? Uh, I like would that? I would say emotional would, uh, level emotional or? yeah okay. I'd say a more a more emotional level.
1: You know I think uh, and so you know you you look at things at a different light and say okay well. You know, life life is meant to be fun, right? It's not meant to be serious all the time. And so, uh, you know, dealing with employee issues, it's really, uh, you know, listening is the first thing, right? If you listen to someone and understand what the emotions are, uh, because a lot of people wear the emotions on their sleeve, right? And if you can get past that, then you can understand what their heart or is.
0: All we see is the emotion. We don't understand why is this emotion manifesting. Exactly,
1: right? right? So I think listening <clears throat> is, is the first piece. And then two... Um, After you're listening, okay, how do you want to deal with it? And at what point do you deal with it, right? If you have a a restaurant full of people, um, I don't think that's maybe the best time to tell Timmy that he's not doing a good job of cooking eggs, right? Right. If it's not detrimental to the operation, I think you you just wait, right? Right. And wait and have that conversation. And, uh, you know, it's a very simple conversation because you never want to let the standard slide. But you also want to understand what that person's going through.
0: Well, you also just pointed something out, and I think that's really important, is that you're not correcting the person, you're correcting the standard. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You're like, this is our standard. Are you doing that? Right. Okay, no. Well, let's find out why. Right. Exactly. You know, like, how can I help you get
1: there? Well, think about in the restaurant business, right? Alan, I grew up in the world of you get screamed at, right? Yeah. You get bitched out. You're You're an idiot. You're stupid. I can't believe you did that. Well, that really doesn't help all that much. Um, but I think when you're able to kind of just, you know, stabilize, right, and, and understand where that person's coming from, it, it gives you a better outcome. And it doesn't happen all the time. You know I mean? There's some people that will just say, hey, you know what? Screw. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: You know, hey, we did everything we could. We, we don't give up on people. That's mm-hmm. not what we do. Right? We yep. try to do um, right by them and, 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 and coach, teach, and develop as much as we can.
0: Alan, it's your yep. turn. Sweet. We spent some time <laughs> with Danny. So uh, back along that line of transformation, I, we sure. got down this path with him asking him wh- where was this point of evolution for you? For him, it was at uh, the uh, was it heat uh, red red heat tower. Red
2: heat was me. Yeah, um, Danny was the obvious. That was yeah.
0: Aviva. thank you very much. Um, so for you, um, <laughs> going to again, red heat. Yeah, was it going to red heat? So when? Yeah.
2: Okay. Certainly, certainly, I think. Um,
0: so where were you before going to red heat as a professional? Paint that picture
2: um with my experience yeah. you saying
0: in terms of like who you are as a professional who I
2: was as a professional um you know it, my career up to that point was very i guess sort of one dimensional where i went from you know a front of the house stint uh at one restaurant to a to a, a a kitchen stint at a different one to a line cook to a you know it was very uh progressive when i got to red heat it was the first opportunity that i had to sort of see the entire restaurant as a whole um where, you know, of course, uh, my main function when I got there was menu creation, making sure that uh, cu- culinary operations were, you know, on the right, uh, being done right, uh, training, that type of thing. But also, you know, as I sort of evolved uh, with the concept and we went from one location to five locations, um, as Danny had referenced, it was, it was putting the whole package together. Um, it was getting more involved in the financials, um, it was a lot more, for me, uh, front of the house, which wasn't necessarily in my background up to that point. But you, did yeah. you
0: mentioned before coming up you did a little bit of front of house?
2: I did, yes, did. I did, but uh, not management. Okay. Not management, um, yeah. So, you know, dealing with that different set of personalities and in, in, uh, in job functions, um, you know, I think the leadership uh, point of view, I think that, you know, I guess having uh, ultimate accountability... Um, where I was, uh, responsible for, you know, sort of every, everything I had. Yeah.
0: I want to make sure I'm hearing correctly. Was yeah. there a difference between how you had to manage back of house people and front of house people? Was that the, was it, was, was are there different personalities there? Is that what I'm hearing? Or just generally speaking, the, the myriad of different personalities Yeah,
2: just, yeah, generally speaking, oh, okay. I think, um, you know, I, I do think you got to manage everyone a little bit differently. I think, um, there's definitely nuances to it. Um, and, and I think that comes with experience, uh, you know, versus I think starting out, you you kind of manage a lot with passion. Um, and I think, you know, a, as you sort of evolve as a leader um, and you have experiences to, you know, to draw from, yeah. um, you know, mistakes that you made or, you know, I should have said it this way instead of that way. I think building on all those things, just it, it evolves your leadership style. Yeah. Um, and I was certainly seeing that in my career. Um, and, and, you know, I also want to point out that you know the the ownership and the leadership, and Kevin, uh, Daniel mentioned Kevin. Um, they they were great. Yeah. You know, great great mentors. Um, yep. the, their style of um, you know his style of leadership. It was, you know, he he gave full autonomy. He allowed you to kind of spread your wings to make mistakes, but he was always there to you know to lean on for advice. Um, to kind of you know he, he never gave you the entirety of the answers. He he wanted you to sort of figure it out, um, but certainly. You know, provided a, enough of a path to be able to allow you to figure it out.
0: What's his last name? Heron. Heron. How do you, yeah. how do you spell
2: that? H R O N. Is
0: that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was so he? So he started with um, the Texas Roadhouse. No, the no. Uh, uh, Outback. Outback. Outback, Outback. Yeah. yeah. Was that his first? So what, what was it like? Paint the picture of who Kevin is. <laughs> how many better understand who Kevin is? So well? yeah,
2: yeah. He. I think he's local. Right. He's from around here. Yes. I think yeah. he. Are you? Are
0: you both from the North Shore? Yes, okay. I'm from yeah New Hampshire, oh. southern okay. New Hampshire. Yep, got
2: it. Um, and I only can I I can say it only because we he, he likes to tell the same stories over <laughs> no, which is good, <laughs> which is good. You play the hit yeah. so, uh, and, and he loves to tell stories from his experiences. So you you know you work with them long enough as Danny and I both did almost ten years. Um, you you hear a lot of them. Right. So I know that he worked for Bennigan's for a number of years, um, and then right yeah right place right time without back yeah. right right as they were. Kind of launching. Uh, as Danny said, I think he, he, he was able to put together a group to franchise some restaurants, mm-hmm. um, sold that at the right time, and
1: then. Did some stuff with Kelly's Roast Beef for oh a yeah, little bit. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, my yep. family, and then did the Burton's. He had to wait five years to do the Burton's deal. It was okay. a non compete with Outback. So. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, he knows.
0: So, so. Burton's, I've never been to a Burton's. Is that like a local? How many locations do they scale to?
1: I think now they have 20. 20? Yeah, the 20 upscale casual. They do a great job. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, great. Uh, a where, great meal.
0: where was Burton's when he took on as a franchise or, or franchisee?
1: Well, he was the owner of Burton's. Oh, he started. Yeah, with he Burton's. he was the creator. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Him and his uh, him and his team, Pat, Kevin, and Denise. Yeah, they all they all put it together. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. And does he still own Burton's, or has he sold? No, they just sold about a year and a half ago. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So Congratulations now he's just living Kevin. high life. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats to him. Uh, I think he's on my radar, or somebody I might want to get on. This he show. should be. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Kevin. You know, Kev's a great guy, and he staying in touch with us for sure.
0: Sometimes I talk about the past when we're talking. Talking mm-hmm. about the past of the people we've had on the show, and it's yep. not necessarily correcting the people that mm-hmm. were uh, of our restaurant past, but mm-hmm. I think it's just the industry in general yeah. has been kind of um, you know there, it's, there's been an evolution over the past ten years mm-hmm. of like what is the new standard of, of operating, right? And I think that when I when I say like what we, we're doing differently. I'm not trying to single anybody out. I yeah, just want to yeah. make sure that's yeah. clear. Yeah, of course. Um, so um, back to your, yeah. your train of thought. So mm-hmm. you're painting this picture. Of, of. So he he had the Burton's concept that he yeah. created. He was scaling that. Mm-hmm. He was also opening the Red Heat, mm-hmm. which was another concept underneath their umbrella concept. Correct. So was there, were there any other concepts?
2: Nope. I think those are the only two
1: that yeah that and he, did. he got
0: the five locations he said
1: yeah we took it to five yep
0: and where was it when he sold um,
1: Burton's was that at twenty locations I think he had twenty locations at so Burton twenty Burton's. five minutes yeah. all together Florida South Carolina okay. Virginia mm-hmm. um, where's the closest one around here right down the street actually yeah okay. right I'm going to going to Burton's for dinner I'll <laughs> right. um, we'll take
0: it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, cool so any other like, this idea of like these mentors that that you know that's what you're saying they like, you mm-hmm. get these great mentors that were. Dive into the, the significance of these great mentors. Keep that, that train of thought going.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I think mentorship's important. Or whatever think, it is yeah. you wanted to talk about before <laughs> I <pulled> you up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think it, it kind of ties into it. I, I think, um, you know, being able to make mistakes and learn and grow, I think it's definitely been one of the things that's helped Danny and I be successful here at Cracked. Um, you know, we've, a lot of the things that we see, you know, we have been through it before because we were given those opportunities to be in the position, um, you know, to deal with some of those things prior to this. Um, but I think, yeah, having having mentors, having people that, you know, you can bounce things off of, um, as, as I said, I think experience is, is the greatest thing that you can have, you know, to be success. I think, you know, seeing value in, in everything that you do um, in, in the smallest tasks. I mean, I, I draw experiences and I still know, tell our team stories of, of things that happened when I was, you know, 16 years old, busting tables, um, and you know, kind of the competitive nature of that. Um, and I still, yeah, I still, I still draw from that stuff. That I, I just think it's it, it's important to you know take take what you've learned. And
0: I'm going to make you go yeah. back to that 16 year old story yeah. of you busting tables. Oh boy! So, <laughs> tell me, was yeah. it, what do you mean competitive? Was Was there a gamification yeah. level back then, so, or like what's going on?
2: so okay so we're going back back there so <laughs> I have to I have to tell you what I was coming from before so my first job ever when I was when I was 15 I worked at Sears and nothing against the good folks at Sears but it, it has to be the most boring job <laughs> of, on the planet <laughs> and I remember um, all my friends my, my, my group of friends this was back to the Roadhouse days they Roadhouse was opening up in town and they all went and got a job there and I was still at Sears because I was 15 and a half and I was the youngest one I couldn't they wouldn't hire me yeah. and um and I remember, you know, they come back with these stories, and they all w- were going out after having a good time, and, you know, here I am, you know, folding uh, ties, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I finally waited till I turned 16. I went in, and, of course, you know, they, they hired me right away. My friends vouched for me. And I just, I, I knew at that moment, like, yeah, I'm I'm working in restaurants the rest of my life. <laughs> what was, it was about that moment? It was the energy. It was, you know, we, we would see a table get up and the four of you know four bus boys on we'd, we'd run after the table we'd all try to you know uh, be the be the fastest ones to clean them um what was
0: going on in this restaurant you know, that made this like really it was
2: just the energy it was you know every night we're on a wait two three hour waits on weekends um the amount of money that we made for 16 year old kids. It's like, I remember walking out after three days and you know, I'd get like $300 in tips.
1: It's I remember like, you saying to Alan, like your GM was always, you know, inspiring, inspiring. you know, just yeah. like you this want guy was to, crazy. Yeah, he's, he never want to disappoint. He's,
2: he's, he's the kind of guy. How did he inspire? So he was an out of the box thinker, you know, he would do things like we had a lower parking lot And he bought a golf cart, put some um, bull antlers on the front of it. And, you know, I don't even even think I had a driver's license. And he had me driving this golf cart (laughs) down around the bottom (laughs) parking lot, picking guests up. Um, Just, yeah, just crazy stuff like that. What was the
0: underlying message that he was trying to deliver to you? These, these, like, little things.
2: Yeah. um, I think you can't just settle for what you have. You know, I think um, it was taking initiative – um, you know, you just show up and you do the same old thing every day and expect the results to happen, you know, it's not that easy, especially right. in the restaurant, the competitive field of the restaurant industry. It was. It takes more than that, you know. It
0: takes the unexpected. It takes the unexpected. It takes a 16-year-old kid rolling up with a bunch of with it, some horns on the, the yeah. front of a, yeah. uh, a a golf cart to go pick you up when the, yep. that's not necessary. Yep, every
2: day. I mean, yep. I remember we had a, a waiting area, and it was, you know, when we were on those two, three-hour waits, and people would um, sit in there and wait. And he's, he looked at it, and he goes, Nah, this isn't a waiting area anymore. We're putting tables in here, and we're seating tables. We could fit another, you know, seven tables in. We can turn it once an hour. I could, I could feed another, you know, fifty people a night, fifty tables a night. Um, it was things like that. It was that, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. It was, uh, you know, doing whatever it takes to be successful.
0: So back to busting the tables. Yeah. We, we yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna round that off. Sure. So was it like a competition? Like was it like a game to see who could do the most tables? Like, what, what like, what were yeah. you trying to communicate 100. to your staff today yeah. when you were telling that story? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it was, it was uh, it's okay, so I'm trying to loop around. It was definitely a competition. I mean, you wanted to be, you know, get recognition, do the right thing, be the person that cleaned the most amount of tables. Um, what I try to remind my staff today, um, it's seeing value in every single thing that you do, you know? And I think whether it's picking cigarette butts up from outside. Um, it's not being too good to do any any job. If the floor needs to be swept, you pick up a broom and you sweep the floor. Yeah. You know, and those are things that foundational foundational elements of. Were you keeping score? You, you really like the bus, bus tables game thing, huh? <laughs> no. Well, I'm just saying, so,
0: like, there's ways to yeah, make I shitty think things not so it, shitty. Yeah, oh, you I get and, it. I and get and it. Making it fun. Yes. Yes. Like, like, now it's a competition between it's not just busting tables, but like 100%. who can bust the most 100%. tables? 100%. Yep. Yep. I bust 15 tables yep. tonight. Yeah. Yep. Well, I bust 16. Yep. Oh, like, you yep. know, and, like, and how can you track that? Yeah. So, you're like, 100% right. And like, who can make the most money in tips? Like, yeah. I made. $300 this weekend. Like, now it becomes yep. fun to see who, like, you know, like, it, it I doesn't think, have to be and tables. It could be more than I, you know,
2: I had a teacher when I was in high school, and I remember he told me, um, I remember I asked him, why, why did you, like, you know, why did you make this your life, you know, the restaurant? And he said, it's the closest thing to being a professional athlete is working in a restaurant. <laughs> and I never really got it until yeah. I actually got into it. And I'm like, you know, the lights are bright. It's Saturday night. There's a line out the door. It's a, it's a great feeling to crank it out. You know, it, it is.
0: Yeah, man, I love yeah. this. Man, we are 40 minutes into this. Uh, I'm loving the conversation. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. When we come back, I want to pick up where the two of you started talking about the future. Mm -hmm. Like how Cracked came to be. Sounds great. Let's do it. Picture this. It's the end of the month, and you're working your way through a shoebox full of invoices and manually entering costs into a janky spreadsheet that is being held together by bubblegum and prayers. And after hours of eye-stabbing tedium, you realize that your numbers don't even match. Oh, my God. We've all been there. But it doesn't have to be this hard. Margin Edge can free you from Spreadsheet hell. That's because Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automates invoice processing and shows you your food costs and labor in real time. Just snap a picture of your invoice and Margin Edge takes it from there. Margin Edge will process your invoices automatically with line item detail and combine that information with sales from your POS to give you real time reporting, including a daily POS l up-to-date plate costs, and updated inventory count sheets. Stop spending hours to get numbers you're not 100% confident in when you could spend minutes and have accurate real-time food and labor costs. Visit marginedge.com unstoppable to learn more and to get a free monthly restaurant sales report packed with exclusive industry trends, data, and insights this episode is brought to you by restaurant technologies inc rti's total oil management automates your entire cooking oil process with total oil management you get dependable fresh bulk cooking oil delivery filtration plus oil usage monitoring and reporting easy oil disposal used cooking oil pickup and recycling and say goodbye to those messy dangerous restaurant rendering tanks yuck RTI's end-to-end cooking oil system helps you manage your used cooking oil disposal, storage, collection, and recycling conveniently, safely, and cleanly with no upfront cost. RTI's services are not limited to oil. They also provide insurance premiums and automated hood cleaning solutions plus hood filtration systems, making your hood cleaning process easy, automatic, and worry-free. In addition to all this, Restaurant Technologies, Inc. can help you reduce your carbon footprint, which we all all know is becoming increasingly more important to the consumer restaurant technologies inc is always on so you don't have to be to learn more head to rti-inc.com and let them know restaurant unstoppable podcast sent you their way we're back and now what i want to do is i want to take take me to the the point who who approached who first geez i don't know i
1: think i feel like we just had a conversation out of the blue um you know and and uh it's funny we we had a few different concepts going on at the time, um, and in uh, the first concept, believe it or not, that Alan had come up with was called Corn Cow Coal,
0: Corn Cow
1: and Coal. Coal.
0: Yeah. So it was it a like, barbecue joint? It was
1: a mobile food trailer that was only supplied by charcoal, and it was using a charcoal grill, charcoal oven. It was street corn burgers, steak, you know, marinated steak, and um, and we had this, you know, thought that we would go to different events and. You know, kind of travel the country uh, with this trailer, and uh, in you know it was the burger phase. Uh, you know the, yeah, w- that was happening around the
0: side hustle. Uh, the, yeah, we wanted. Yeah, yeah, we so this <laughs> was what? <like, laughs> uh, 16, sixteen seventeen. This was two thousand fifteen. Okay, I want to say it was. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we were. you know we would work all day at Burton's and Red Heat, and then go home and get on the phone and be like, "All right, this is what we should do, right?" And then we'd fall asleep at the computer and start all <laughs> over again the next day, uh, and um, and so once we kind of figured out that corn cow coal probably wasn't our uh, you know our gateway. Um, uh, we had started talking about not, we, I should say, Alan brought up the fact, he said, you know, we can't get a good breakfast sandwich anywhere, right? There's dunks, there's Starbucks, there's Panera bread, but there's nowhere good to get a quick, good breakfast sandwich. I
0: love a good breakfast sandwich. You can't go wrong, right? Warm,
1: buttery brioche. You know, egg that's yolked, cheddar that's cheese. I've had good breakfast
0: sandwiches in my day of traveling the country. It's yeah. like one of my favorite things to get on the road. Yeah, yeah, so much comfort. Right, that. exactly. Right, I can't wait to come back and get a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. now. oh, you're gonna love it. Damn. And
1: its uh, so you know, we had brought it up, and and but uh, it was a little bit different. You know, we said, well, what if we went into gas stations, right, and, and took over old gas stations that have been run down and flipped
0: those. I think there's so much opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's kind of where Crack started, and um, and so we we kind of formulated the menu. And at first, it was just a, a basic menu,
0: just eggs and, and what year was bread. this?
1: This was 2016. Okay, So you guys yeah. were
0: playing this for, with this concept for a while. It were oh, yeah, playing okay. with for
1: uh, probably about 15 months. Okay, right. And uh, and so you know we kind of went back and forth on on that menu, and and Alan said, "Nah, that that that's boring. You know what we need to do." We need to put sauces with these, with these proteins, right? C- crack ketchup with live, free, or die. Honey sriracha with the ham and egg. Uh, bam sauce with the early bird. And, uh, and I was like, all right, yeah, no, I think we got something there. And from there, it kind of expanded because then we started talking about smoothies and, and, and lattes, uh, grain bowls, and salads. And so now we're like, well, we kind of got something here. And um, I remember when we first came up with the name uh, Cracked and and we we liked it, right? We didn't mm-hmm. love it. We, we we just liked it. And we said, uh, I think people are going to think that it's drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember, you know, asking friends and family, and they were like, "No, it's a really good name. It's a really good name." And then uh, I'd say probably after like a month, we came back to it because we couldn't find anything that worked. And uh, and my my wife's uh, friend Coral, she had uh, designed the logo for us. She's a freelancer, and uh, she had sent us a logo over. It and Al and I just. Oh, we loved it. We're like, this is, this is it. This, this is a is, brand. Is that, is that, is that this it, the is one it? today? This wow. is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is the brand and this is what we need. Um, and, uh, and from there it kind of took off. And I, I do remember Alan, and maybe you can tell a story better. I think you were at your bachelor party and he was out in Vegas at egg slut. And he called me up and said, dude, there's a line out the door. It's a 45 minute wait for a breakfast sandwich. It's, you know, it's incredible. You got to see this operation. And I think at that point, we said, well, it's, it shouldn't take 45 minutes to get a breakfast sandwich, right? So how can we do it better? Uh, and, uh, and I think that's where the exploration for Cracked really started. And we were doing R&D at our house on our days off. Uh, we, you know, the, um, you know, we would just have the families together. He's yeah. got three kids. I have two kids. At the time, we just had two and two, I believe. One-on-one. Um, one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. No, one-on-one. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, and so Dino and Bella uh, they're actually on our menu. So Dina the Butcher Burger and then Bella the uh, Bella's Chicken Sandwich. They're both on the menu, and those were our two kids at the I time. Love that. Yeah. Now we have uh, he's got two more and I got one more and we're done. We're, <laughs> we're, we're throwing in the towel. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so you know the R and D was happening at the house. Um, you know, kind of off hours and whenever we got a chance. And uh, and
0: that's where it really started to come alive. Well, it sounds like you also knew very early on. I think a lot of people get in trouble. They they develop a concept and they, they want like they want the, just the way that they the way that they like it. But sometimes the way that they they necessarily quote unquote like it isn't the best way to scale a business. Right. Like, right. Maybe yeah, like these egg sandwiches are great, but nobody should wait 45 minutes for an egg sandwich. Right. So like, how did you find that balance between this is the way we can scale something mm-hmm. and it's also really delicious? Yeah. Like was that what you were going for? Like what was more important to you? Um, we knew
2: that we wanted something that was approachable. We knew that we wanted something that was affordable, um, but we also didn't want to jeopardize our quality standards. So we thought that if we could put together, you know, use utilizing high-quality ingredients, um, we knew we had you know the experience with the operation um, that we would be able to streamline it. we'd be able to scale it. Um, but we really wanted to be able to you know offer something that uh, competed with the other fast casuals and fast food in the breakfast segment. Um, we knew that there was opportunities with you know, you could capture that sale every single day or five days a week, right? Versus a traditional restaurant where you might only get them on the weekends or once a week or a couple times a month. Um, so we really love the upside of that.
0: Yeah. There's nobody in the the Northeast. Did I cut you short? No. There's, there's nobody in the Northeast that I know that's really owned the egg sandwich segment. Nope. I mean, no. you, not you not got really. Starbucks and, and Dunkin' Donuts going neck and neck for that fast. Well, yeah. Maybe for the Maid coffee and the, right. Know? Yeah. Um,
2: we but. wanted to be, you know, nothing against them. Obviously, both super successful brands, but we kind of wanted to be the anti-choice for that. We wanted to be, yeah. We wanted, you know, one of our first rallying cries was, you know, if you actually pulled back the layers of, uh, you know, look, look at what's in the ingredients in a in a, in a Dunkin' Donuts egg sandwich, right? It, there's there's like things you probably wouldn't even be able to identify, right. um, and we felt like. That story right there, the sale rights itself. You know, right. we crack the egg fresh. You know, we could tell you where the bacon comes from. We could tell you where the bread comes from. You know, we make it right there in front of you fresh. Um, that's huge, right? And, and we're not charging 20 bucks for it. So it's within, it's within a price point that most people can afford to get every single day. Um, but it's it's a high quality ingredient, high quality ingredients that's made right there.
1: You know, for for both of us, you know, we're we're always focused on operations and processes. Right, ergonomics is important important to us. How many steps it takes to make one sandwich? Where are those containers located? Where's the bread located? Are we going right to left, front to back? Um, and and I remember we actually drew it out in our backyard, like the founder, right? We we, we were the founder in our backyard. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: Danny saw the movie, and then he's like, "Come over, come over to the house right now!" I'm like, "All
1: right, let's go." a string. We, we had we had yeah. chalk out. Oh yeah, yeah. we had chalk out. We were we were you know we were firing all cylinders. Um, and, and you know, and and through that, we knew if we were going to try to build a brand that we needed to have a process. We couldn't just wing this thing. It couldn't be mom and pops. That we really yeah. needed to build something special. Uh, and, uh, and so early on, you know, we had, we had looked at that and said, okay, how do we, how do we get this thing from A to Z, right? You can have a great concept, uh, and you can have great food, but you're going to need money to do that. And, and not only do you need money, you kind of need that push for a while. We, we both kind of settled on what we were doing. Uh, we were working, you know, he was at red heat. I was at Aviva and we had something special, but we didn't, you know, get that push and um i'll never forget i was sitting on my sun porch and and my wife emma she walked out on the sun porch and i was like "Hun, you know like, alan and i were talking and we and we think we have this idea and this and that and she just looked at me and uh i don't want to say what she said but she pretty much See said <laughs> <laughs> she, she said stop being a pussy and get oh, it done wow. and i said okay i called alan i go hey uh uh, my wife just called us the P word, so I guess we have to do this. <laughs> I met her briefly. And, yeah. Uh, I, I can see her saying she, Yeah, she's a rock star. She's from sure. New Hampshire and Massachusetts. She, she is, is from New Hampshire. Hampshire yeah, yeah. And we met, we, God, 21 years ago at Outback. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, and sometimes you just need that push um, yeah. because it's, it's so hard to take that chance, right? I mean, you have kids, you have a family. What happens if it fails? What happens if we run out of money? What happens if the bank takes our house? And when you start to kind of get into it, you, you're, you're like, wait a second. In order for that to happen, you really not have you don't have to give a shit. Like you you would have to just not show up and just say, ah, screw it, I'm gonna let the thing go to crap, right? right? Uh and so when you when you really get into it, and Alan and I had that conversation for a long time when we first, you know, got that, that bank loan uh, with the leader bank, they were like, Well, we need to we need to tie it to your, your homes, right? For, uh, collateral. for for collateral. And Alan and I are like, Dude, they if we go under, they're gonna take our homes and what are we gonna do? And it's like that is like last, you know, even if you lost the business, they're not trying to take your home. They're going to set up a payment plan. Yeah. And for Alan and I, it's like, all right, well, crack doesn't work out. We go back to our, our you know, normal normal scheduled jobs and, and you know, we pay off the, the bank loan that we took out and yeah. make it work, you know, and so... Um, Whatever, so what it year year, what year, Whatever it yeah, takes. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, how do we start this conversation? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So when did you get the loan? What year was that?
1: Uh, we got that in uh, uh, 2018. Okay, uh, it was
0: like March or
1: April so 2018. Two years of R and
0: D, and you were doing this in the back of, of gas stations. Uh, no. no, no, we, we were at doing home,
1: it at our house. Okay, we but were you- we were talking about that cracked should be at you know rundown gas stations. As, like, the build-out.
0: I think that there's... I mean, you guys are from... the Do you know East Kingston at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know huh. Jones' General Store? Yeah. There's a, a counter back there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yep. a gas station. An old Town gas yep. station. There's a counter back there. These are prime for being pop-ups. Yep. yep. And for small... People, people just getting started and have an idea yep. who need to get their... Like, everything you can do today is digital to get your right. food sold. And then all you need is a location to have it be picked up. And there's yep. these commercial kitchens at gas stations across America that just sit. You got to come to our out. express model. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what you know, it is. That's why we're <laughs> doing it. I mean, I think it's a, it's a what you're doing is great, but I think that it, it could be a starting point. Yep. You know, yep. because like... You're creating a win-win situation there, right. where you need a place to cook your stuff; they need a place mm-hmm. to like to draw to people pull, into right. their store. Yeah, right? coffee's important for gas and convenience. You can get like next to like not, I'm I'm sure you can work out a reasonable rent in sure. a situation mm-hmm. like that, and then you just update your address to be here right yep. now right. on all of your digital frontage. Right, you know? mm-hmm. uh, it's a great idea.
1: Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, uh, it kind of you know there was there was probably about 250 different things that need to happen all at once. And uh, and that's you know when it starts to get serious. And yeah. so once you strike that bank loan, you're like okay, you know here here we are right. Mm-hmm. And so you know prior to that, uh, we obviously had a group of investors that we had went out to, uh, and and for us you know the investors were important not not for their pockets, but you know morale and you know the support. And you know we have a group of partners that. I mean, we can't ask for anything more. They're they're great. You know, some are friends, some are family, and and some are just people that we met out in you know running Aviva or Red Heat or um, and believed in and believed in us. You know, not so much the concept, but they believed in us and said these guys are not going to let us down. Uh, and and uh, you know, we we every day we kind of say that you know, like we can't disappoint, we can't let people down, we need to drive forward. Um, and and greed can get in the way of a lot of things. You know, and and for both Alan and I there's never been greed it's not about that right it's about taking a brand that we believe in right that we're passionate about serving that breakfast sandwich that coffee the hospitality um the best fried chicken sandwich that you could find and packaging it all up in one building and saying yeah, look we can we can take this you know to the next level and mm-hmm. uh and those partners they believe in that uh and you know we've never let them down uh and we're not going to let them down our, our goal is to you know get them on that beach that they want to get to at some point so how many
0: partners are involved here there's the two of you
1: we have us two yeah um and then um seven seven uh partners yeah so
0: you went to the bank mm-hmm. you you got a loan yep mm-hmm. um can you say how much do you how much do you think you needed to to, to get this thing off the ground our
1: budget was uh
0: five hundred thousand dollars five hundred thousand dollars yep. yep and we wanted about 600 in our bank
1: so we had about seventy five thousand left over
0: but the cool thing about egg sandwiches i feel like the the level of investment in terms of the equipment you need is there's not a lot of expensive things there. Not anymore. Uh, yeah, now there is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you need a hood for eggs. You don't need. A oh hood yeah. For eggs. No, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If you want to do Bacon. it the right way, I mean, we oh, use the it, proteins. Yeah, we
1: have a flat top. We cook our eggs right on the flat top. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of grease that's involved. You, know, you get yeah. the fryers. You have the ovens. Uh, and so,
0: but the smoothies and the grain bowls too. Like that's all well, raw stuff. Well, you know, you yeah. know
1: a, a, but a smoothie, a blender it can cost you thirteen hundred dollars. You know, a Vitamix. You know, a Vitamix. A Vitamix, you know we were doing acai, and so. Yeah. Um, it can it can it can add up pretty quick, you know. Nowadays, a uh, uh, build out can be between
0: you but know seven hundred to $1 million dollars. You know, uh, a Vitamix compared to like a uh, I don't know, like a combi oven. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Know. No, totally. Or I mean, like a, 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 we need those two though. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <really>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. yeah. well, you're not you're
1: not <laughs> spending four million for a full service, right? Right. right I mean, right. Right. we're also two thousand square feet, so. You know, I think you can leverage some of that with the landlord and say, hey, listen, you want us in your space, right? This is what you get. You get a really cool brand um, that is attractive to, you know, whether you're, you're going at the bottom of an apartment building or mm-hmm. you're part of a regional presence with Oracle and Google and Microsoft. They want that type of option for their employees. Uh, and so for us, you know, we're looking at it saying, OK, how do we continue to consolidate the, the operations? Right. And we just made a decision six months ago. We started off with mac and cheese, and you know Alan looked into the analytics and said, "Danny, we're just not selling mac and cheese the way we should. Our percentages based off of the total mix, where it's only like twelve percent of our sales. We're bringing in pasta. We're making cheese sauce in house. It's an operational nightmare. It doesn't work for maybe our story. What if we got rid of mac and cheese and, and went into the fried chicken game? Brought in chicken tenders and really kind of elevated that game. And so, you know, you're talking about okay." great. We remove a product that is not doing much for us and bring a product in that now attracts attention, right? Who doesn't like fried chicken tenders? Everyone likes who doesn't like fried chicken. You know, chicken sandwiches? I mean, it's, you know, it's, an, it's, it's elevating the brand, innovating five years in and making a really hard decision to be like, sorry, guest, we're taking the mac and cheese away. Even though we know you love it, it's just not working for who we are.
0: Yeah. I, I, I want to bring that back I feel mm-hmm. like actually, fuck it. Let's just get into it. Right now. <laughs> I, I, like I, I have a tendency to forget to bring things back. So, one thing that I wanted to commend you on, and, and like if I'm if I'm telling somebody to open a restaurant tomorrow, I'm telling them to focus on doing a few things really well, right? Mm-hmm. Try, don't try to be everything to everybody. And I feel like you guys uh, are a great example of honing your focus and doing, uh, you know, one thing really well and trying to own that that vertical. How do you find that balance between? Putting all of your energy into being the best sure. at one thing or mm-hmm. a few things, and trying new things and being distracted by the shiny object.
1: I mean, I think there's there's a lot of conversations that happen you know throughout the year, right? And and for not only but myself and Alan, um, Emma and Megan, Brooke and Zach, go on the entire team, there's always conversations that we're having to try to look at ways to either innovate. Or ensure that the customer customer coming in is excited, right? Because when you start to go in for the same thing over and over again,
0: we well, say every five years you should pre, like re- reinvent. Yeah, or not yeah. reinvent, but. Do something to create some level right. of juxtaposition.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What Alan does great is we we have these these I would say bi monthly LTOs that we do breakfast sandwiches, and he comes up with the craziest fucking breakfast sandwiches that you can imagine. And it's like Jesus Christ, right? That alone helps attract new customers. We just did a New Year's right. Eve, right? We 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 threw a whole farm on the menu, and we just did it to try to get some traction on New Year's Day. Um, you know, one of the biggest breakfast days of the year with everyone being hung over. And he threw a whole farm on the menu. It's got ham, bacon, sausage, egg, Swiss cheese, maple mustard, and a plain bagel. And he was like, you know what? Let's do hash browns and OJ with it and call it the hangover combo. And I'm sitting there like, all right, we'll, we'll probably sell like five or six, which is not a big deal. It's on, you know, it's on Instagram. We're getting traction. No, we sell about 80 company yeah. wide.
0: Well, I think it's really important to to be, to to to, to leverage things like the limited time offer. Right. Because when you are just one thing and right. you try to be the best at one thing, your team goes. This is really boring. Being yeah. like, it's like back to folding ties, hundred percent. Yes. So it is. like you got to figure out like how can we create something where excitement we let some yeah. level of creative freedom mm-hmm. come out. Yeah, you right. know, uh, and to, to and to create excitement for the, the customer. But Correct. then I think even further at that point, you can start creating things like clubs and like now you can hey like every month we're gonna have a LT like a limited time offer. Right. For this flat rate, you can get that for like included. Well, so now we, people are paying for sandwiches yeah. before you've ever made them. Well, we've, you know? we've talked mm-hmm.
1: about you know subscription based breakfast sandwiches and stuff like that. You know for the future, right? How do right. how do we become the Amazon of breakfast sandwiches? How do right. I get a breakfast sandwich to your door?
0: Every single morning. I think that's how you have to think. today. that's how we. That's yeah. how we think. Right. This episode hasn't gone live yet. I know you both listened to the show, but I just interviewed his episode goes live. I think literally tomorrow, mm-hmm. as we're recording this. Um, Joe Pine, the the author of the Experience Economy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. And like he, he, that's what he's saying is like the future is in reoccurring continuity yep. membership models. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think that is one opportunity that the restaurant owner does not take advantage of. Right. No, um, I agree. Anyway, um back let's go back to the, yep. the timeline. So mm-hmm. um so you're 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 testing these the vision was always to have like a f- um, a model that you could scale through existing yes. infrastructure gas stations. Yes. Yep. That was we the thought vision. Big, we thought
2: big from the beginning. Yep. yep.
0: Um, you you started by getting the five hundred thousand dollar loan that was mm-hmm. going to be your budget to execute your first location in two thousand twenty was when you opened the first location two thousand nineteen March two thousand nineteen mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so two thousand
1: eighteen we signed this lease we had looked at about twenty five
0: locations so you're almost at five years
1: yeah we're almost five years this March two
0: months away yep yeah so we had um,
1: yeah so we looked at it and said you know uh, we we looked at twenty five different locations across the board yeah none of them really kind of hit home with us. And I was driving by one rainy day, and I saw this site. And it was just dirt. And uh, Sal it's Lupoli, like where we're sitting today, yeah, right. Sal Lupoli, who um, he's a big realtor, and actually he started South Pizza years ago. Um, you know, he owned this space, and so we had talked to our realtor. We said, "Hey, can you reach out and just see what's available here?" And um, and so they had reached out. This was like March or April of 2018. They had an LOI signed with a dental uh, a dental office. And uh, said, you know, they have an LOI out. Why don't you just send the crack deck over just to see if they get any attention? So we did, and they called us back the next day. We said, we will end the LOI with the dental company if you guys sign an LOI with us. And we're a startup. I mean, this is just, you know, it's just us. Um, what appeal about this location? Um, you know, the 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 highway was probably number one. Um, you know, having the apartments in the gym um, were number two. Uh, and 133 is a, is a big cross connector to 495 and 114. Uh, and you have Raytheon right behind us. You have the IRS across the street. Luckily, they like us. Uh, and then up the road, you have a lot of regional presence offices. And right the next exit down, you have a lot of regional there. Parking. Parking was great. Right? <laughs> you had the garage. And uh, originally, we were like, shit, we need parking off front. But then we said, you know what? No, we'll be okay with just the garage.
0: Yeah. When I rolled up, I was like, "Where am I going to park?" And I went, "Oh, yeah. there's a garage." And there's and medical there is, at yeah. the top of the hill. So yeah. we
1: saw this area five years ago, and a gym, right? We saw this area five years five years ago, not totally built out yet, and it's still not. There's it's still growing. Uh, and and uh, I remember, you know, Alan and I, my, I think we were in here one night, and we were just kind of we were just kind of looking around, looking at the high ceilings, the glass, and we just said, "This is it." Right? This, this is the place that we, we got to back be. from Chicago. We did. We were at the food show in Chicago. and We just
0: drove back, drove
2: back from Logan. We landed from the airport and came we, right we came right here after we got the, yep. the
1: LOI.
0: What were the challenges with this location? Um, with a $500,000 budget. Well,
1: the first thing was we, we signed the lease in July. Uh, and, um, you know, it takes about 30 to 45 days to get your blueprints and Justin Alpert from July
0: of 2019. 2018. 2018. yeah 2018 okay. we, we signed a lease and um, that makes sense yeah. yeah
1: yeah and anytime you sign a lease you always you, you, you put those clauses in there you get 60 days for permits and um, you know rent doesn't commence until opening and all that good stuff helps protect you in case of disasters like we had and so uh, I think September 9th of 2018 we put our permits into the city and two hours later we were dealing with one of the big, biggest gas explosions oh that's um, right that Merrimack Valley has ever seen or I think maybe even the country. Uh, it halted everything. So by law, all commercial permits get halted, and everything goes into residential mode. Uh, and so we were supposed to start construction in middle of October. We didn't start construction until late December, which wouldn't have been a big deal. But I did leave my job uh, because we thought we were opening correct.
0: People who aren't in familiar with the Northeast, because we're—I mean, I'm, I'm, I live in Southern New Hampshire. Alan, you're in Southern New Hampshire. You're in Northern Massachusetts. Danny, what was going on? Like what happened with the gas
1: yeah so there was uh long story short there was a gas pressure um issue there was a gauge that was faulty so um they thought they needed more gas and so they started to call for more
0: gas so they oh the pressure's low pressure's low let me call for more gas well
1: when they called for all that gas it, it went into residential homes uh that had gas you know furnaces uh, it, it overexpanded. Pressure those had to lines. Go somewhere. Pressure yeah. had to go somewhere in Kablooey. If you had a pilot, it was blowing up your basement and catching on fire. And so,
0: how many explosions were there in a period? Uh, of like 24 I think there hours? was
1: over hundred. Yeah, yeah just three like houses different houses were exploding Andover, North Andover, everywhere. Lawrence. Houses were exploding everywhere. My yeah. kids, I remember, were at, in school. I raced to go get them. I remember hearing scary. about
0: that. Um, you know, because like, I was traveling, and I was like, the first yeah. thing you think of is like. I wonder if my parents' house exploded. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like,
1: no, it it was scary, and yeah. uh, and you know, um, and and so, you know, it was a, a long road. This road itself had to get rebuilt um, because there were explosions on this road from the gas lines, and so there was a lot of just delays and construction and stuff like that. They fixed but, that, right? Mm-hmm. They fixed it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <sure>. Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So uh, here we are. You know, and we started construction the day after Christmas. Uh, we poured concrete, uh, and uh, from there it took about. You know, one hundred and eleven days to build out, and uh, and so we opened uh, March twenty fifth, and you know we, we had so seven months from signing to open. Yeah, yeah, it was about seven months. Yep, that's pretty good. Yep, yep, yeah. Well, I mean, back then, you know, you could, you know, you could get things up quick. Nowadays, it takes a full year back to then, five yeah, years. Ago. Yeah, oh, pre COVID.
0: <laughs> so, so what what were so aside from like the the what were the things that were more within the four the four walls that were a challenge for you?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I think the Having the three doors, um, trying to figure out okay, which we is going to be the front. We have a door right, which yeah. is going to be the front. We have a door leading out to the patio. The town didn't allow us to have, um, you know, tables and chairs out front, right? And so this was a patio. We had the door that was to the side, and then we had a back door. And so trying to understand where the kitchen was going to be and, uh, and how the process was going to work, right? Flow. This is this has to be ADA uh, compliant, right? So this hallway has to be at least 35 and a half inches, and I think now it's thirty six, but. Um, originally, this was dining room right here. This prep kitchen was dining room. Uh, and then I think Alan brought it up and said, Dude, if we get our assets kicked, we're not going to have enough kitchen space. We're going to have 45 minute waits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, well, you know, we, we, when we first got this thing together, we were like, All right, what are we really going to do in sales? Right. Breakfast sandwiches and grain bowls and stuff like that. Let's budget eight to 10,000 a week. And that's what, what our budget was. We had that, that's what we had budgeted. But we ended up taking back the space. We wanted the openness, right? We wanted to have that vibe. You want When this thing is humming, you hear those spatulas cook, and you hear the line cooks communicating. You hear the coffee. I might be here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you hear the espresso machine going off, right, and in the, in the chit and chatter. And so um, I think you know, understanding where the door replacement was going to be and then the size of the space. What ended up happening was from the plans uh, to what the actual space was, we lost space. So all of a sudden, we lost shelving and the walking got smaller and we we're like oh shit we don't have a lot of storage uh, so we had to do an offsite shed for all of our disposables because we don't have space in here for our disposables so um storage was a challenge uh, the town was great town of andover was great landlord was awesome um but um you know i i don't you know it, it could have been a lot worse yeah you you know, and we'll we we, yeah.
2: we also came from full service where we had you know giant kitchens with you know 30 foot lines that we were accustomed to and we were coming into the space with you know what is this a 8 10 foot
1: yeah, it's a, it's a 16 foot, hood,
2: 16 but foot yeah. hood with you know a five foot flat top and you know the the prep area the size
0: of a closet it's, it's, it's a good representation of the evolution of the the industry where like yeah. your, your boy is from you know yeah. full service yeah like the evolution is going in this direction more right. putting all of your Conden- energy into one thing correct quick, Con- condensed and yeah. 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 yeah yeah um what what else in terms of challenges along like there are, like things you know now that you're like man I wish I could have had a heads up on this like I want to pay this forward to somebody yeah to make sure they I they think make, you know one
1: of the biggest things we talk about now too is 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 really kind of figuring out how to automate everything and I think mm-hmm. I were talking to you about this earlier with our filtration system you know, it's now automated. If I knew now what I knew back, you know, what I didn't know back then, we would have went fully automatic then because RO systems and certain cartridges and what they do and how they handle um, things and TDS counts. I'm sitting there going, what the hell? You know, I could yeah. have saved all this. You know, I could have saved the machines from, from going, you know, going shitty a long time ago. And so, you know, automation was big and, you just having a vendor, having one vendor that does everything, having your GC that focuses on A to Z. When you have multiple vendors trying to build out uh, you know your, your kitchen and your front of the house and MEPs start to get screwed up and so drains aren't where they're supposed to be and water is not where it needs to be and gas lines... Um, I think as we continue to grow we're looking at it going we just need one vendor and we want that person to handle Con- everything. Accountability.
0: I yeah. mean well, then you, you so when you're saying vendor are you talking about the the people bringing in your goods or you general, talking about general contractor? contractor, contractor okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, restaurant supply company. I don't company. know if you caught the episode I did with um was it was a front burner or um oh what the heck is his name? Um, out of Dallas, Texas, there's the Dock Park where they have the concept where it's like a it's a dog park mm-hmm. that serves food. In a bar yeah. Right, yeah. I don't right. know if you remember. I want to say his nickname was Nick. Um back burner or front burner, well, some of them burner concepts. Yep. But they um, what they've done is they vertically integrated their construction company. They own a construction company because they're opening up so many of these things so fast. Yeah. That they just they have so they vertically integrated their construction company where they have They have their way of 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 rolling out these stores, and they just send that that team across the country, and um, they treat it like a totally different business. But because they just they're like you're just doing egg sandwiches. I know you do more than that, but like they're just doing cracked like rollouts. So like they they have a process, and they're only carrying the materials they need. So their cost of goods. Or their labor expenses are low, and their cost of goods are low because they don't need to have everything. Correct. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. they they have huge pro- margins, and like I think that their 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 concept is a very simple concept yeah. because it's mm-hmm. just like it's it's a it's a dog park, right? Yeah. You know, so like. Yeah, it's like raw, like cheap raw materials. Anyway, I could go on. And no, on yeah, I mean this, that,
1: that's what we, you know, we, we discuss all the is time. On the radar for you guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as we as we continue to roll out here, you know, I mean, our future is is national growth. It's not to just stay in New England. We want to be on the East Coast. You know, we want to be on the West Coast, um, and so. Um, I think, you know, as we get there, it's going to take a team of people to help. Strategic partners. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we've we had partners that's been with us from the beginning that pick up the phone and, you know, uh, whether it's Feeling Construction or, um, you know, Justin Alpert, who's our architect, you know, there there's so many different vendors that help us through the process even when they're not getting paid for it, right? And yeah. Because they understand what the long, you know, what the long term is. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to have those people in your back pocket to be able to call, Right, and bounce the ideas off of
0: is important, right? Uh, what day in March did you open? Uh, March 25th. Okay, so the world had shut down at this point. No, no this no. was 2019. So, oh, that's right, 19? yeah, I think I'm believe it was 2020. No, yeah.
1: the, the the yeah, the world shut down a year, a year later. Almost as we were exactly. going to celebrate our one year anniversary, and we shut down and we pivoted to takeout only.
0: Well, I feel like you guys kind of had a great concept for that <laughs> we, I mean, did, yeah. <laughs>
1: like, we at the time we didn't know what we had but I yeah. know Alan and I talked and, and uh, we, it was a Sunday night Charlie Baker came on TV and I texted Alan and said oh fuck yeah. well what do we do um, and I know two weeks leading up to this um, we had really kind of you know we took seats away we were taking hot sauce away we were trying to uh, keep people outside so we had yep. people outside station checking in we were doing curbside takeout this was two weeks put a before. tent out there put a tent yep. out there and then when Charlie Baker shut it down, we said, "Okay, we're, we're not going to close. We're 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 staying open. Our customers need us, and, and it's just not an option for us to close." Uh, and we pivoted to 100% takeout. And um, you know, it's a scary time because you're brand new, right? You're only a year old. Um, you don't have a total, you know, total amount of money in your in your bank account. And, and the investors were nice enough to reach out and just say, "If anything happens, you let us know, right? We'll we'll get some money in your bank account if you need it." And so having that support. You know, you're sitting there saying, OK, we can do this. We can get through this. And, um, you know, Alan was getting his ass kicked at red heat because he was doing the same thing. I mean, it was, you know, you lost your staff. Nobody wanted to work. Um, you know, it was the same six people were every you, single day. you still
0: at red heat in 2009? Oh, yeah. In- yeah, for the first year. OK, Wow.
1: Yeah, Alan. Alan would work five days at Red Heat, and then he would work two days at Cracked. <laughs> what about you? Were
0: you? Did you go? Did you leave?
1: I left full time. Yeah, and myself okay. uh, and Alan's wife Megan, uh, her and I kind of run the show here. Uh, and then Alan would, like I said, work five
0: days at Red. Heat. I think heat. that's also great advice: is keeping your full time job. Yeah, that was important. You know? I mean,
1: my wife Emma, she was at Burton's. How as did well. Kevin handle it? You know, at first, uh, and you know, he might say it differently, but at first. <laughs> He was pissed off, um, you know. But I think he was—he was—he's more of a dad, you know, to us than he was our boss. Yeah. He was he more sc- scared of the risk, I think. He was. Than, he was, than he was
2: like mad that we wanted him. what risk that we were taking. Oh, right. Like, I think him having been through it, him understanding, you know, and we we were maybe even a little naive, right? Like I, I think um, you have to be him on <laughs> him him just being through so much and seeing, you know, the challenges that it is. I think. You know, he was very cautious, and he didn't want to see us. You know, get hurt. I guess,
1: but, but you know, one thing about Kevin was he never turned his back. You know, he always he'd always answer the phone. He yep. always answer yep. the question. Definitely. Um, and you know, and that's important to have, right? I mean, that's that, that's what a mentor does. He might right. tell you what you don't want to hear, but you need to listen to it. You yeah. might not agree with it. And mm-hmm. I, I
0: honestly, like I think if you if you're in this industry and you have passionate people working for you, mm-hmm. you know that there's there. there they, there is a desire for more. Right. And that desire is only going to, it's only a matter of time before that desire swells large enough to, for them to make a decision. Yeah. And either they're going to make a decision with you or they're going to go off and do it. And it sounds like he was a good sport about it. Right. But where I'm going with this is be ready to be either a good sport about it or be the opportunity. Right. You know, those yeah. are your two options yeah. yep. Um. because they're going to find it with or without you. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think just, just having that mindset of like, how, like, you know, it's going to be bittersweet, you right. know, because they're, they're excited for you. Right. But at the same time, like, you were key players in his operations. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's a big hit.
1: Yeah. No, and we understood that at the time, you know. And so, um, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, we had been there a full year and that COVID hit. And then uh, a year later, you know, things really did well for us during COVID. And, you know, between the PPPs and the idle loans, and, um, you know, there was a lot coming in, you know, and trying to figure, okay, what's our next step? And we knew that. It, it we, wasn't. We had a lease signed, though. I mean, we, well, we signed a lease in, and, uh, yeah, later 2020, right, in the Salem, New Hampshire location. And so I so remember. One year, two locations? Uh, no, it was, uh, just, just shy of two years we had okay. two locations. Yeah. I'm was, sorry, no, LOI, right? We had an LOI signed right. in late 2020. Right. Okay. And then we opened Salem in 2021, April of 2020.
0: Where did you get location number one? I mean, for if the starting point. Like to paint us the picture of where you started to where location number one was before you started looking for number two. Um,
1: well, I, I do remember. You know, we had we had gotten through kind of COVID, the worst
0: of it, right? And, things and are opening back up. Yeah, right.
1: things are opening back up, and but
0: so it was twenty twenty one. This was
1: no, this was uh, later in twenty twenty, okay. right? So this was like third, fourth quarter of twenty twenty. Okay. And uh, we had uh, some, some landlords approach us from Salem, New Hampshire, you know, JG's um, that's up there. And, and they had a space uh, that opened up. It was a Jake's Wayback Burger. I'd been there for 10 years and they had moved out. Um, and I remember saying to Alan, like, this is your hometown. You know, like, mm-hmm. what, what do you think? You know, can we, can we get this done? But it, the problem is that, you know, when you're only one person and Andover was open, I said to Alan, like, in order for us to make this happen, you're going to have to take the leap. And if we want to grow this thing, right, we have to, you know, understand that, this this is not just store number two it's a really important store for us right because it can either make you or it can break you um and so at that time you know i'll let alan tell the story about when he left uh when he left red heat but you know alan came on board uh and my wife emma came on board too so she had left Burton's at the same time that alan left Burton's. were
0: you transparent with kevin about the the relationship behind the scenes and that there was a oh, oh, oh. oh he knew yeah okay, yeah cool. yeah he knew early on. i think that's another lesson yeah. too like there's no point in hiding things. to no. really make it more difficult. Yeah, be, be upfront, be transparent, be vulnerable, and it will probably go better for everybody. Yeah, no, so, I agree. Yeah, I mean so with that said. Yeah. You were you, you leaving. And now. he was good
2: about it too that, you know, I, he said it as a joke but when we fail in the first year, you know, we'll always have a place to go back. So. <laughs> Rubbing that in now. Uh,
0: so you, you leave your full-time job no, to go full-in yeah. full with yeah. Cracked yes. in, in 2020, 2020. Yeah, about
2: a year after we opened. Um, yeah, I joined uh, full-time.
0: So this w- was the strategy like, okay, when we're ready for two locations, mm-hmm. yep. then th- those two locations will be able to support the income for both of us right. that was
2: one of the motivating factors is to get us all yeah to get us all together be able to and now
0: you can divide and conquer and divide correct. and conquer
2: correct yep okay.
0: yep awesome so what was your role in the first year were you more about the creative in the back yep. end yeah because you were an executive chef too at one point Danny yeah yep. I was yep. yeah so you have um, some chops I'm assuming yeah correct.
1: no I do but you know I mean Al and I you know we 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 have this special magic that works right and and yeah, get
0: into that partnership well, how do you guys complement each other
1: god i mean you know first first thing is first we respect each other and i think that's that's the number 1 most important thing right and we don't we don't agree on everything and that's okay because like i said before we we listen and then we you know kind of come back to it and say yeah maybe this that or the other and i think when you have that understanding in a partnership like that Uh, things are never going to get that crazy, right? Where you hear some horror stories or partnerships, right? And I should make more than you and, you know, you should make less than me and I should get a bonus and you shouldn't because you only worked four days. It's all that bullshit doesn't mean anything. What matters is when you put food into a box or you put a drink into a cup and that hospitality, that's what matters, the product going into people's hands. Uh, And, you know, for the most part, Alan just has this, you know, outside the box thinking on everything. He'll never you, you'll never hear an idea from Alan that you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I mean that sounds boring, but that's okay." It's always something that's elevated, right? And then we try to break it apart.
0: Danny brings it to life.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no doubt. So no you're, doubt.
0: or is it safe to say you're like kind of like the dreamer and the Zalo complement each other like big, oh, I, big a, ideas? A little bit. Yeah, a little
2: bit I think. You know, um I'll come up with an idea or a menu item, um and then Danny will you know, immediately jump on the phone and, you know, an hour later, call me back. All right. I got, you know, the boxes sourced. I talked to the sticker company to make a, you know, to get, to get a custom logo. So it, 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 he makes it happen. He makes it happen.
0: Yeah. He, he, he forces things to get uncomfortable. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, definitely,
2: definitely. I'm like, all right, well, I guess, I just kind of threw it out there, but I guess we're doing this. So. Uh. Now we have a restaurant. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, it's, you know, it's and, and again, it's one of those things where you, but you can do those things when you know who you have with you, right? And, mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't, Think outside the box like that. You don't make yourself uncomfortable when you don't believe in the team that you have with you. And when you have the team that you have, mm-hmm. you can you can get to that point, right? You are able to dream. You are able to say, "Now we can get this done." And I, I think there's a lot of times that maybe our team looks at us and says, "You guys are fucking crazy." Can you just slow down for a second? And and sometimes, mostly, it's our wives. Um, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, it's a compliment to them because yeah. we sit here and go, "Yeah, no, we know, we know it's crazy," but we still have you guys in our corner, right? And as long as you guys are in our corner, we can get this done. And then it's the team that helps us execute, you know, and and, and understand that, okay, in order to do this, these are the things that we need, right? In order to do this, the vendors need to step up and, and get this stuff done for us. And nothing's ever perfect and nothing is, is ever executed well. But I think believing in each other um, is what is what really creates that magic. Mm-hmm. I love
0: that. Um, so... Back, I think when we left off, we were talking to you, Alan. You were yep. talking about you were leaving your full time yep. with um, Kevin. You're at Burton's, correct? Right here, no, yeah, ready, Burton's ready. Ready. Yep, same. Um, and then now you're full time, location number two. What were the challenges for you?
2: Yeah, so I think when it comes to, um, you know, on the on the personal side, obviously at that point, you know, back to whatever it takes. I mean, um, all four of our my 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 wife, Danny and and Emma, uh, his wife. You know, we were all being paid by cracked. Like it was it, like we, it, it was kind of exciting because, you know, we can make it what it is. Um, the more successful the restaurant is, it, it directly impacted how successful and you know, it, whether we were able to get paid that month. Right. Um, but obviously on the other, on the other end of it, uh, there was risk and, you know, Danny certainly had to talk me off the, the ledge for a, a little while and, <laughs> and be a little bit of my counselor because I, I do tend to, you know, I like to look at every angle of, of a problem. What was the fear um, for
0: you? What was the anxiety? The things that had you on the edge?
2: Um you know, I mean, obviously the uncertainty that surrounded the world at that time, COVID. Um, you know, so I think that was any restaurant owner, I think that was always in the back of your mind is is when is this gonna end and right. and what's it gonna do to our restaurant? I think. Um You know, I think that there was also uh, on the flip side a lot of comfort in knowing that you know I had that partnership w- with uh with those guys and that you know we'd figure it out together and um so,
0: do You guys into yeah. the second location a year after so in the in the middle of 2020? Uh 2020 20- You opened 2019. Tw- right? No,
2: 2 years. Two, yeah, two, oh, two yeah. full years. Salem two full years. Yep. Thank yeah, you. it was two full years. So we, we both we both uh, you know we bumped into each other a little bit and, and both managed this restaurant for a year, but also you know we spent a lot of time. Um, and I don't think Danny references, but Salem, the second location, we were hands on in the construction. I mean, oh, yeah. we were pulling tiles, we were painting walls, um, we're cutting concrete. We we were there. We were there every day. So we would come here. You know, was it a
0: necessity or a choice? A little bit of both. I think
2: yeah. that um, we, you know, we saw a little bit of value. Hey, we could save a few bucks by painting it ourselves. But also, you know, um, we were used to working until 10, 11 o'clock at night in full service. So when we closed up shop here at four o'clock, we're like, let's go over to Salem and, and you know, yeah, one, <laughs> and one pull thing, some hours. And one do
1: thing, yeah, one thing that surprised us about Salem is we, we thought that it was going to be a quick fix, and mm-hmm. we had brought you know the feeling team in, and and they had said, yeah, you know, what was broken. Um, well, nothing was really broken until we actually got in there and started to pull stuff back, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you start pulling stuff back, and you're like, well, this is really disgusting, and the, and the tile doesn't work, right? Well, if we're going to take down this wall, we might as well take down that wall. Yeah. And if we're going to take down the ceiling, we might as well take down the entire ceiling. If we're going to change the HVAC, we might as well change all the HVAC. And if we're going to change the tile, we might as well change all the tile. And then it just rolls and rolls and rolls. And all of a sudden, what you thought was going to be a $237,000 build-out is a $427,000 build-out. Yeah. And... And you know it's 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 one of those things where it was right on the the cusp of where things started getting a little bit crazy on the inflation side. So we kind of caught a part of that as well. Well,
0: good thing you guys aren't selling eggs, right? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they, they were selling a lot of eggs. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so. for sure. Uh, and so you know, it
1: it turned into kind of a bigger project, and wanted to be. But you know, it goes back to what I was saying about those those relationships with those vendors, right? And, and Brett Phelan, I remember he was there on a Saturday night cutting, you know, uh, cutting the the concrete with us, and he's like, I mean, I can hire someone for twelve grand, or the three of us can do it, and it's like, no, the three of us will demo do it, it. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll take a rent bit. the rent the dumpster, we got it, yeah, 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 yeah you know, yeah. Uh, and I remember, oh God, there was two nights that we had. Fifteen of our crew members, they came up with us, and they just started hammering stuff down, and we demoed that place in two yeah. days. Wow. Uh, and, and that, you know, it's it it creates. Well, how excitement. do we start
0: this conversation? Uh,
2: the challenges, whatever it takes. Challenges, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes. Right, whatever it
1: takes. Yeah, uh, I mean, and in in Salem, you know, it's it's a it's a you know it's a different market for us, right? And, yeah. and uh, Broadway is a very busy place, and we saw a lot of cars. Um, that excited us, and at the same time, um, there wasn't a lot of foot traffic. D- different, different challenges there. Yeah, you know, I yeah, think for I sure. Think,
2: yeah, Andover. Um, I don't want to say because nothing's ever easy, but certainly, you know the. The demographics here. So we we turn the lights on and, and people just come in, right? Like it's not as simple as that. Where I think we saw with our second location, it was we were going to have to find some different avenues to make this one successful. Yeah. So
0: what dif- what things did you start doing differently to make that successful?
2: Um, I mean, immediately it was very grassroots. We hit the streets. We wanted to get our product into the into the hands of people. It wasn't as a you know convenient location. It's not right off the highway like this one is. Um, so we needed to make it a place, a destination. You know, yeah. a place that people would go out of their way um, to come and in, in, in see us. So, what, do, what are um, you doing
0: differently there that you're not doing here to, to do that to make it more of a destination?
2: Um, yeah, I think I think at first it was just a matter of you know, even though it's it's relatively close in distance, we're only about ten miles away. Um, completely different demographic, completely different market. Um, and I think it was just a matter of telling people our story and and who we are and um, letting them try the food. So, I mean, we did everything from setting up a tent across the street from the high school graduation and handing out our drinks for free. Um, We sent people around town, police department, fire department, um, with samples of our food. You know, we did uh, coffee cards for free where we allowed people to come in and sample our product for free the first time. Um, Danny was huge with... um, you know, getting us set up on—we weren't really even in third party. I don't think before no, that. So no, he was—he we got us immediately. You know, look, we're going to get set up with third party delivery, which in that location, they, they number one, uh, number one of all of our locations as far as third party goes, right? With all the the retail presence in that area. Yep. Easy um, catering, relish catering. Right. Um. Yeah.
0: So most of your your deliveries are going to people working? Yeah, yeah, the, and all the retail stores. Yeah, people yep. working or yep. right, and this is Salem, New Hampshire. Yep, yep, yep.
1: And okay. uh, another big thing uh, that that we launched not two years ago was called the Yokes Wagon. Okay, yeah, yeah, and so that's a food trailer um, that we had built out, and uh, and we had gotten... We we had kind of got a, a great deal out of it, and
0: we said, so that was try it. your third location.
1: Yeah, that, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, was,
0: what was the the intention behind getting that?
1: Honestly, we you know we. Yeah we felt like we could get into that market a little bit. You know, you, you look around with whatever uh, weddings, events, um, you know, hospitals, there's just, everyone's renting food trucks these days. Uh, we felt with the brand that we had um, that we could, we could really have some success with it. Yeah. We didn't realize how much you know success we were going to have. Uh, and it took off. Like, crazy. To yeah. the point where we actually sold that and we bought a new Yolkswagen that's being built currently and should be ready in the next that's couple awesome. weeks. But, mm-hmm. um, boy, you know, we, we were doing everything from the hatched menu on there, um, you know, to breakfast sandwiches. And so offices would just rent us out for three, 400 people. And, yeah. you know, we'd pull up and...
0: And that does. I can see some morning after weddings. Like, yeah, we, we did, did a few of those. Of those. We, yep. we, yeah, everyone's hungover. I, yep. nothing hits a hangover like an egg oh, sandwich. Just, yeah. it, it goes sausage. together. Yeah. Yeah. Bacon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: we. I think we. You know, I think when. Not to say that we were you know struggling when we first opened, but I think you know, there's two ways to look at it. One way is to strip everything down and to cut staff and, you know, to try to manage the business. And we, we took a different tactic, which was dump everything we could into it and try to get the volume and, and the sales to a level that we want. And, um, you know, I think it, it wasn't long after, you know, six months, maybe that
1: things
0: started growing,
2: things started growing with big location
0: time. too. Yeah. Yes. With that yeah. Location, big yeah. time. And then, um, so the biggest thing you did, but I'm hearing, is you got out there and you made people aware, like guerrilla yeah. marketing. You know? Yeah. That's that's everything. Eric. Yeah. You, know, and, you,
1: you and, can't just sit back and just relax. And, right. I mean, that's what we want in our franchise. In terms of
0: uh, the, the food truck, mm-hmm. I think that's the best utilization is the catering. Again, it's about creating brand awareness right. and getting yeah. in front of people that would – putting your food into people's mouths. That's and correct. using yeah. catering as a, a tool to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's marketing, too. I, I mean, mean, it's, it's revenue, it's, yeah. but it's, it's – Beyond that, it's a moving billboard. It's people eating
1: your food that normally wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, we we do an event every year at the police station, Sound Police Station, you know, that sees, I don't know, 15,000 people at least, you know, and people just love coming up to the wagon and taking pictures with it. Uh, And the design team did a great job with it as well. But, you know, those type of things are really important for us.
0: So was there a um, a cash flow goal that you were hitting with a single unit before Mm -hmm. going to uh, number two? Well, you know it's it's
1: funny when we when we did the budget and we have God I don't know how many different spreadsheets we've built, um, but you know Andover was projected to do eight to ten thousand a week, and opening week we did thirty five thousand six forty eight, and so quickly I remember I was sitting right Can here you with those numbers one more time. Uh, we we projected we budgeted to do eight to ten thousand a week. Okay, that's why we budgeted ourselves, and we ended up doing the first week thirty five thousand wow. six forty eight. And uh, I was sitting right here in this chair, and I remember calling Alan on a Sunday afternoon. I, you know, at that time we were closing at eight o'clock Monday through Friday, and I just said, "Friday, I think we have something on our hands." Um, And (laughs) Alan was like, "I would agree." Did
0: those those numbers ever kind of? I know when you first open, there's a surge. Everyone's you're the new kid in the block. Did it ever kind of? It's Plateau funny, right you know, the, the numbers dropped, uh, the numbers dropped significantly and we were
1: doing, you know, we were in the low twenties for a couple of weeks. Uh, but that's
0: it, still more than twice than the, what the, the revenue that you thought. You
1: were yeah, in. no, totally. And, and, you know, I remember talking to Alan about it and Alan was talking to me off the ledge. I'm like, I don't know if I'm fucking up operations or I'm just not, you know, and, and we were talking to, to everybody that came in the door until this day, mm-hmm. we have so many incredible regulars that come in that we've built relationships with since day one. Um, and, and, uh, and you know, as we as we got into the May and June and July months, those numbers started to quickly rise. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have here is we only have 22 seats on the inside, but on the outside we have almost 50.
0: Ah, so so have volume, right? 10, so we're 10.
1: all patio when it comes to the summertime. And and uh, and I do think that part of that was was you know starting to promote the outside and, and the beautiful weather coming around. And then uh, it was you know September, October, we saw that dip again into like the mid 30s. Uh, and then at the beginning of the year, in 2021, we really saw it start to soar into the mid-40s. Wow. And catering was picking up, and third party was picking up, and then COVID hit. Uh, and we lost about 70% of those sales. So, but
0: you knew, you, but you had enough time to get proof of concept. We did. So yeah. if you could survive the pandemic when things started to open up again, you know you'd be back. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I, I hate talking about the pandemic. Let's kind of – because the, there's uh, – I mean, hopefully – the chances of it happening again yeah. in the future likely, but like right. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um That's fine. <laughs> so no, today you're at four you're at four locations. Uh, and you're about to be at one chicken four it, on wood.
2: Four plus the exp- yeah, we have express location yep. Looking at yep. number five right now. It could yep. be anywhere. Yep.
0: But, um in five years. That's awesome. Thank then, you. Um Thanks. I mean, five five locations in five years or less is the coaching program. I'm, I'm looking to launch here at <laughs> Restaurant Unstoppable. So, like, what were the things that you – the key things that you did to help you go from, from you know, zero to five in five years sure. or less?
1: Um, you know, I think we can probably answer this 50-50, but I, I think the most important piece that Al and I would always talk about in um, the team as well was – how do we create scalability, right? And how do, you, how do you make sure that somebody is following the recipe or the standard that you set? Because you can't be in every location at once. So if you don't set that standard, mm-hmm. then there's no way to carry it. And so the, I remember when, when Alan had first come on, we talked a lot about, okay, what is going to be our operations um, system that we use to help with recipe adherence, that helps with line checks, that helps carry that standard? And setting that first was the most important part. Create a scalable concept. If you can't create a scalable concept, don't even try it because you're
0: going to fail and it's going to piss you off. What makes the concept scalable? What were the the, the things that you were going for to, to make sure this could scale? Um, you, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think uh, first it starts with the products that we, that we offer, the sourcing of them. We would never, you know, as much as we love to support local farms and things like that, um, you know, we also, we, we think realistically and we think big. And I think... Um, if we can find balance with using high-quality ingredients that do support the values that we have, but also we can get them everywhere, right, or at least in the markets that we're in, that's important to us. Um, I think, you know, when we, when we look at operations, um, finding technology that kind of suits our operation, that supports it. So things like we talked about um, Fusion Prep, you know, we also utilize, you know, communication platforms like Slack, where we can keep everyone on the same page. Um, and make sure that we're all focusing on and working on the same things. You know, uh, back office systems, um, you know, making sure that everyone's writing schedules off the same platforms that we can monitor and manage it from, you know, an ownership level. It's just help support our people and make sure that they're focused on the goals and um, things that they should be focused on. Um, So, yeah, systems, procedures, sourcing, all that (laughs) stuff's important. I think this
0: is a huge step in Mm -hmm. scaling fast. Yeah. Don't try to build the systems on your own. No. No, In today's age, like... No. There are organizations that exist in being a solution to restaurant systems. Mm -hmm. Um, And the price that you have to pay for some of these, I I mean, I don't know what you're paying for Fusion Prep. I know that Restaurant Systems Pro is about $400 a month, I want to say. And it's like you'll never itself, yeah, yeah you will never be it. able to recreate that on when your you
1: own. yeah and when you don't value yourself as a dollar mark right when you start to look at yourself as okay i'm i'm worth 4 or 5 600 dollars an hour yeah you know you're going to start to lose right because your time is everything to your staff to your business and if you think sitting there and being on a spreadsheet and putting in data is what you should be doing you're losing money, right? right? And and you kind of, you have this battle all the time. And, and some things that you just like to do, right? You like to cut the grass because you're on a lawnmower and you have a beer in your hand and you're listening to the Pats game and, and you're, yeah. right? But at the same time, like you're losing time to be able to maybe spend with your kids and your family uh, or focus on the business, right? So you look at those things and say, where do I want to put the value? Yeah. That's the same with the business, right? So, so going out and spending $20,000 to have SOPs done, is is much better than al and I being taken away from the operations or the brand to be able to go do that. And right. maybe we're not doing it
0: 100%. Well, the other variable too is the 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 Allens and the Dannys of the world are mm-hmm. fewer and far in between where you can't go to somebody who has a bunch of restaurant experience and be like, okay, you're my systems. Right. You right. know, because exactly. it's harder to find those people. Yeah. So now yeah. you need to lean more on the systems and finding good people to put into those of systems. Right. So if they have, like the systems are the the, the banks to the river. Yep. Yeah, follow these steps. Right. You right. will get the job done. Yep. You can put any... Person into that level of high-quality technology systems, right. and especially in the next generation because they, they tend to gravitate the towards the technology. Yeah, yes. It's more in, intuitive for them.
1: We, anytime there's a failure in our operations, the first question we'll ask is, okay, we failed, but how do we make it right? How do we make it better? What's the root of the problem that's creating this issue? If it happens again, then it's like, okay, is it the operations or is it the, the, the person, right? And so... It's, it's always something we're trying to look at to continue to elevate because you, the, the goal in business, in any business, especially restaurants, is to cancel out the variables because there's variables every single day that happens, right? The heat doesn't turn on. The gas doesn't turn on. The equipment doesn't turn on, right? It's all about creating automation, using the tools in front of you to make sure that the PMs are being done, right? Because if you can create a preventive maintenance program that helps clean the ice machines and, and uh, make sure your stovetops are working correctly. It might cost you $100 a month, but it's going to be a lot better than two years go by, and all of a sudden it's going to cost you $7,000 to replace it, right? right? So it's it's really a lot of those details that get put into it, and that's something we try to teach our teams, you know, as we continue to expand and grow. So yeah. it's
0: it's the working, and this is where, you know, when I, when I start talking, you know, my, my role in this this coaching program that we're going to be put together is going to be focusing on culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the language I want to start utilizing is things like language looking at the the way you talk about things and the yeah. rituals cuz you look at culture across any country right any culture across the world all these unique cultures have rituals and they speak a certain language and yep. i think by by having rituals like pms right like these yeah. are these things like line checks yeah these are rituals and yeah. that like you have to make like what what's unique with a ritual They recur it's a recurring things whether it's annual monthly yep. or weekly it's something that happens over and over and over All again and you don't even think about it. It's a part of your culture. Right. Right. right? Uh, so I want to surface that. Yep. I think it's really important. Agreed. Um Back to technology in the tech stack. Like, mm-hmm. how, bring me to the point where like where, what, what you're working with today, yeah. like, is it something that's been constantly evolving or did you guys get it to a point where you're like, we're comfortable with where this is. Yeah. Now yes. that we've built our systems, yeah. let's scale. Like, take. Yeah. what did that look like? Geez, I, I I
1: should have you have an interview with Emma because she's really the technology queen. But okay. um, you know, it,
0: w- whose wife is Emma?
1: Mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <His laughs> is Megan and <mine's> Emma. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, and, you know, it's it's um it's something that we're always looking at, right? Because we, especially Alan and I, were kind of old dogs, and we like to just have paper and pen and, and a checklist. That's what we've it's what we grew up with, right? And um, and so you know, we try to balance
0: that. Go ahead. You want to ask? We should take a break to thank our sponsors. Cause I almost forgot to do that. Let's take it. So we're going to take a break. We'll, <laughs> we'll be <right> back, back. <laughs> recently on the show. You've been hearing it come up often restaurant systems pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the restaurant system pro 60 day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60 day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley CEO of restaurant systems pro will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the restaurant systems pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting. with accuracy checklist budgeting for the entire year scheduling for profit more butts in seats and that's not it often the team at restaurant systems pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks i mean it's hard out there but because of that a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game for that reason There is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash R-S-P. That's R-S-P for Restaurant Systems Pro. restaurantunstoppable.com slash R-S-P. This episode made possible by owner.com. Owner.com is the quickest and easiest way for your customers to order directly from you without the expensive 30% commission fees. Look. With Owner.com, you'll save thousands every month when customers order through your website and branded app instead of third-party delivery apps and reward your customers with a built-in loyalty program that turns them into regulars who order again and again. Owner.com also helps you rank higher on Google with world-class search engine optimization built specifically for restaurants with an AI-powered website. We cannot forget lists, Build a huge list of people who live near your restaurant fast and market to that list on autopilot with text and email sent at the perfect time to help you grow sales and stay top of mind. Owner.com gives you everything you need to grow and market your restaurant online with no contracts or hidden fees. Visit owner.com slash unstoppable right now to book your free demo and see why thousands of restaurant owners trust owner.com to power their restaurants online. We're back and uh, you are just about to get into your tech stack. And uh, I think the question I asked you is where 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 did you get your tech stack to where it is today before you really started to scale? Was it at two locations, three locations, four locations, or just recently? Yeah, I mean, I I would say,
1: you know, we we had some of that tech stack. from the start you know okay. and, uh, and what was that tech service um, yeah. we had used a, an operations called Jolt okay. uh, and so their platform was uh, was kind of the same thing line checks and uh, you know, label printing uh, temperature guidance to be able to tell you you know your, your, your yeah. walk-ins going you know too high or too low yeah. um, we had uh, we had restaurant 365 about three or four months after we opened but wow. restaurant 365 is a really huge platform that yeah. takes long time to build and we're even still building it to this day um, so I would say, you know, after what, store two, Alan, when we opened Salem, you came on board. We got Fusion Prep going, yep. Restaurant 365. What and
0: did Fusion Prep have that Jolt didn't have? Recipes,
2: right? Yeah. yeah uh, re- yep. The ability to, you know, we wanted, we knew with multiple locations and we knew the struggles with, uh, you know, paper or even utilizing things like Dropbox. Um, you know, you, you get old recipes and different variations and, and you know, as you make it, uh, changes to it. Um, you know, some of those changes kind of get lost. So it was important to us that we had a platform that would display our recipes and as we updated or edited or changed products out, we were able to push that down to the field um, and make sure that, you know, the food that we were serving is the same everywhere. You're
0: centralizing your 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 intellectual property and you're building it all on one platform. So when changes are being made, it's being Mm -hmm. pushed throughout all locations. Yes.
2: And I think also, um, as much as we do lean into technology and see its importance, um, sometimes too much is, is not a good thing, you know. So it was important to us that we found technology that could do as many things that would work for us as possible so we could limit the amount of apps and, you know, logins and usernames. So that's something that we always like to think about is, um, you know, if if this one platform could do five things, it's probably better than these two platforms that could do two or three things each. So
0: Fusion Tech... Uh, Fusion Prep, sorry, was... Yep. Um, is uh, checklist management, essentially what Jolt was. Yep. Um, labels, the, recipes, labels, recipes, sanitation, standard
2: operating procedures.
0: And standard operating procedures. How is that different from the checklists?
2: So the checklist is um, you would come in in the morning before we open, yep. and it would basically give you pictures and descriptions of every item that we have. Um, and you're actually unwrapping the product, temperatureing it, tasting it, looking at it, and making sure it meets yeah. the checklist. This is
0: what your mise en place looks like. Correct. Yeah. Right.
2: Standard operating procedures are everything that takes place in the restaurant. It gives you an operating procedure. So if you know our folks down in Plantation, Florida, um, want to know how to clean the baffles of uh, above uh, of the hoods, we actually have a standard operating procedure that says: step one, take it down; step two, do this. So. Everything from cleaning the espresso machine to, you know, uh, dropping turning the, the floor, turning the lights yes. on. So
0: the SOPs is kind of just like if you had an operations manual. Here's mm-hmm. the list of all the exactly. things we do yeah. and how we do with it with pictures. Whereas step by the step. checklist is more of like the tool to accomplish every day. It's a
2: daily. It's a day. It, yeah, we we require right. Uh, you know, we don't we don't like to overcomplicate it. it. So it's not like we have this checklist that's a hundred things and it takes three hours. It literally takes ten minutes at yeah. the most to do every day. And there's you know. 40 30, 30 things on it probably is right. not not a ton of stuff Got it.
0: now does, is there some redundancy there with Restaurant Assistance Pro cuz they have a checklist feature too don't
1: they um I don't, i've never uh, used i've not it. restaurant 365 restaurant 365 yeah. uh they don't have the same uh the, the same kind of platform as fusion prep um, fusion prep runs off
2: of iPads yeah okay. so it's very user friendly right Got
1: restaurant 365 is good at the financial end of it mm-hmm. you know what we're doing inventory we do inventory every sunday so we can you know see our metrics and stuff like that but um yeah, I mean, three sixty five is kind of a different animal on, on that side of it. Would
0: you recommend somebody start with restaurant three sixty five with one location? One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: If you're planning to scale it, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so
0: scaling aggressively five, to- even
1: if you're just, ha- you know, yeah. any, any any restaurant that opens, you know, should open with the mindset of saying it's a scalable concept, right? Because when you open a restaurant and you're the only person that can ride and die you're not going to, you never, it's always going to be a job, right? Yeah. And you're never going to be able to get somebody into the operations that's going to understand it and, and set the standard. So you're stuck, right? And if you're stuck for the next 30 years, well, what did you just do? You just, all you did was buy yourself a job.
0: How much does it cost in the, in the beginning? Uh,
1: Restaurant 365 was an $1,800 startup. Um, and then it's, I want to say 195 a month. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, you know, for what you get out of it and it does accounting, right? It does all your AP you know, literally you take a picture of the invoice, it uploads it for you. It saves so much time and you can get, you know, you can get the financials so quickly. I mean, we can see financials at any point. I can pull a and l and tell you exactly where that store is at the time of the period and stuff like that. So, uh, you get so much from it. And, and, and like I said, whether you're opening one or you're opening 500, you need to understand what your standards are and how your periods fluctuate and, and, you know, what, what type of challenges will will kind of impact your P and L and how it does right? If all of a sudden egg costs go up and your egg line goes from one and a half percent to three percent, well, at least you know why, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: So it takes all the, the guesswork out of it. Totally, as long as you're right. entering the data,
1: it all goes back to like I said, right? If we're making six hundred dollars an hour, which yeah. we're not, but
0: um, you know, we need to look
1: at you know how do we how do we create you know um, efficiency out of our time.
0: Yeah. Um, what what do you think the challenge is for a first-time operator? So you never opened a restaurant or worked in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and you're investing in a restaurant at 365 from the very beginning. Yeah. What, do you think there'd be challenges there?
1: I think there would be challenges. What 365 does great, though, uh, is they have a 365 Academy. Okay. Uh, and and you can click on any video chat help 24-7, and it really walks you through the process. Yeah. Um, but you need to have some background. Uh, you know Emma controls a lot of 365. Um, she understands it a lot more than Alan and I do for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but she you know spent 20 years at Burton's you know doing that that's what her background was right um, So for someone like her, she just takes that. App and and really kind of builds on it and knows how to utilize all the little gadgets, um and uh, and for someone who's just starting out, they'll just use the baseline stuff, right? The labor, the forecasting, um, the recipes.
0: I mean, so. that's my major concern with Restaurant Three Sixty Five for a one unit operator mm-hmm. is that if you if you don't have someone whose job is dedicated to man- managing that right. platform. It can be a lot, and to mm-hmm. the point yeah. you said you're still building it out to this day. Yeah, um, so I get concerned about recommending that for single unit operators. Yeah. Um, I do think it's a great product, though.
1: You can um, also pay them to help you build it,
0: right? But can so. you? Yeah, but I mean, like for a lot of it, single unit oh, operators. right. If you're looking to use the die, yeah, <laughs> yeah, save save
1: some money. No, of course, right.
0: So, like, I mean, that I mean, I think it's a great tool. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's if it's if it's more than most single unit operators can handle. I think you were fortunate to have uh, a wife and partner who yep. had experience with that and could own it. Yeah, right? of course. Like, where would you be without that?
1: Oh, we would be screwed. But yeah. <laughs> right. um, that's a whole other story, right?
0: Um, I mean, I think that's the only reason why I recommend. It. And th- they are a sponsor of full transparency, but yep. I, I'm really being in the future as proactive as possible with really getting into relationships that I feel good about. Right. Um and that's why I love Restaurant Systems Pro is because I feel like it's it's a, it's in reach for more single unit operators Yeah. Makes because sense. it's 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 not as I don't know what word to use. Just it's I've heard that it, you would need a degree to get into Restaurant 365. Yeah. And if you're trying to run a restaurant and manage all those little details it should sure. be a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah and, I and think, you
1: and and you mean the good thing about 365 too not to continue to beat yeah. you know beat it but you well, it's can, a big part of your platform. Yeah, it is. You can unlock certain channels. Like yeah. you don't need to have all of it, so you can unlock certain, you know, certain programs within that program to be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to use the labor forecasting. Right. I'm going to use the scheduling, but I don't care about everything else, right? So it helps simplify the process. Yeah. for us, in,
0: in full transparency, like I'm saying, if I'm going to zero to five restaurants tomorrow, three sixty five, I'm, I'm going with Restaurant Systems Pro. But Got then, it. when I get to five locations, unless Restaurant Systems Pro evolves a little bit more in the next five years, right. I'm probably switching to Restaurant Three Sixty Five. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And I've been on a record with my sponsor saying, "Yeah, no know. worries." So, um, but I mean, it was in, it was interesting to get that perspective because mm-hmm. I, I I'd like to hear like yeah. I think I wonder where you would be without having somebody who was. You know, your Emma of the world. Yeah, no, I scenes. mean,
1: yeah, it's it's it, it, again. You know, it, it's a it's a process for sure. Anything's a process to build out. Right. You know, even our POS. You know, Emma handles a lot of that, and you know, our point of sale is used Toast. NCR. Oh, yeah, no, we we it was between Toast and NCR, and to be honest NCR. with you, yeah, the, Aloha. the legacies are coming back. Yeah, yeah, we've we've had a, a really good relationship with NCR for quite a while. Why did you go with NCR? Um, you know, they had a fast casual. Well, they had a quick service model called uh, NCR Silver. Okay. And so NCR Silver was based off iPads. It was similar to a toast. We had the relationships with NCR from our prior days. I was curious. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Emma had those relationships. And, and so we decided to go with NCR um, Silver. And uh, NCR Silver, we outgrew that pretty quickly. Uh, and so then we went into the Aloha model. Um, but, you know, their, their online ordering platform, um, their app, uh, all that stuff was really important to us. Now
0: that's cloud-based, right?
1: Uh yeah yes i believe it is the newer so the new, yeah right
0: so every month your your cp uh, what's the, the the something compliance cp yeah
1: the pc pc compliance yeah whatever yep. the acronym yeah so is. credit cards are yeah. being stored on site all that stuff yep.
0: uh cloud based so every month it's updating software is updating I think yep. that was the biggest reason why people were getting away from the legacy was mm-hmm. because of the the one sum fee at the beginning, like oh, right. you need thirty thousand yeah. dollars to get
1: started. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, no, NCR got smart, you yeah. know, and said, all right, well, we need to compete with Toast. And so, yeah. to the the only struggle we have with Toast was there's no on-site presence, right? So with NCR, they came in. They hook everything up, they make sure everything's working. There's installers on site with toast. They just send you everything and it's up to you to install everything. Yeah. And when you're trying to grow with the national brand, I mean you can't, you know, you can't be the person that's always, you know, on site screwing in yeah. you know, holders and stuff this, like this that. This is where Emma came back in. Yeah. <laughs> she would have yeah. been the, the toast installer, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go yeah. So um, yeah, so uh, NCR uh, gives us great support with that. And it also uh, it integrates with three sixty five.
0: So um, when did you? I'm curious. So, mm-hmm. so that sent that so uh, Fusion Prep Restaurant 365 and NCR and for communication Slack is what we've covered so far. Yep. Um, and is that and that's what you were using today? Yes. And how yep. long have you been using that suite of tools?
1: Uh, I would say for at least two two, two to years. three years. So yeah. Half your life. Yep. As mm-hmm. a restaurant. Yep. Yep. Um, yep.
0: Because you're, uh, you're just about to be five years old. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, did you really? Was it important to you to get that dialed in before you started to scale? Yeah, we had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why yeah. did you have to?
1: I mean, if you don't, you know, you start to you start to lose that standard, right? I mean, as you as you grow, whether it's corporate or franchise, right? If you try to go in afterwards and set a new standard, it's really hard. You know, because people are just gonna look at you and say, "Wait a second, that's that's never been a standard." We've we've always we've seen it till this day, right? When you when you start with somebody and you set that standard and you show them what the, the, yeah. the abilities are, yeah. versus coming in midway, it's really hard to get them to break that habit.
0: Alan, this is why I like to do one on one interviews because I sometimes get sucked into a conversation. No, and good. I forget. So, like, anything, like no what's worries. going through your mind? Bring bring something to the conversation. I, I also
2: think that you know, it's very confusing for the staff if you're flip flopping you know, concepts or procedures, um, changing our technology every six months and just consistently jumping to, the to, you know, the next thing that you're sold. Nobody likes change, especially when you likes have, change. Uh, deep neural um,
0: pathways formed to these, these habits and these routines. Yes. It's like pulling teeth.
2: It, it is, it is. And especially as, you know, you get more than one, you know, you get two, three, four locations. It makes it, you know, immensely more difficult because you're now having to communicate to multiple stores, multiple managers. Um, so, you know we're we're we try to vet everything that we do you know we we really try to look at every side of it so if we're going to make whether it's a big menu change or we're switching a piece of technology out you know we want to make sure that it's not a short term change that it's the right change for you know for the future and we understand that you know the roadblocks and the speed bumps that's that is going to uh you know be affected of our teams you know making these changes so i think uh you know consistency and and you know, p- ha- giving people uh, a pr- platform and procedures that they can come to expect, and yeah. I think it, it ties into what we talked about with that daily routine. You, know, you it's,
0: dial it's, that shit in early, yeah, and then you yeah. can put all of your energy instead of trying to build out systems. You dial it in. You have strategic partners that are the system. As the world around you evolves, right. they're evolving, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a box that's checked. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. So you yep. can focus on relationships and growing people. Totally. You know, and um, yeah. so people. People's big. Yeah, so where are you today with like your four locations? Mm-hmm. To collectively, what's the gross revenue you guys are bringing?
1: Uh, I mean, we are—we're just uh, the, the corporate just stores alone. We're we're close to about seven seven point five million. Wow, that's yep. awesome! Yep. congratulations. Uh, and that's not including any of the franchises that we have coming in with those streams. Yep.
0: And the, the, are there franchises at? in the works today mm-hmm.
1: well we have one franchise open down in plantation florida is
0: that included in the four that no is, that is not nope. okay
1: yep uh and so we also have cracked express we have the crack a coffee I mean, bar. where is
0: cracked express uh
1: it's in lawrence yeah. mass right actually right on the north Andover Lawrence over lawrence that's line.
0: not a franchise that
1: it's a it's a joint venture partnership for us with energy north uh they're a fuel station company uh they've been around for quite a while um and uh it's been a great partnership for us um, they really want to elevate their experience at the convenience gas level. They look at the competition, you know, between All Town Fresh and Noriwa, Wawa, and Wawa <laughs> right? And they're looking and look. at, it, you know, yeah, yeah, they're they're Talk
0: looking. Talk about a
1: cult following for a crap. gas station, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and so, you know, they're looking at us saying, you know, we really like this brand, what you guys stand for, and, and the partnership really works well.
0: Now, are you bringing recipes? Or are you bringing recipes and process in terms Both. of like, like? When yeah. you move into their space, like is there a kiosk element? It's involved? our
1: it's our brand, yeah. Okay. Because it's Cracked Express. It's got um, you know, it's got every, it's got our menu, right? So it's, it's yeah, they nice.
2: asked us to develop. Uh, basically, they 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 came to us and said, "Hey, listen, we're we're looking to do a high end gas station convenience store with an elevated concept." Um, you know, Dunkin' Donuts is very restrictive now with their. Um, Ranges. You know, you can't only put so many locations next to each other. So as they were looking to grow and expand uh, their new concept, they wanted a brand that had the ability to grow and expand with them. So they, they presented to us um, kind of what their vision was. We said, you know, give us some time. Um, let us kind of sit on it and see what we can come up with. Uh, simultaneously, we were opening our third location when they first presented us. And that was our PBD spot, which had a drive through so we said, give us some time to develop the drive through model, make sure that it works for our brand, um, and then we'll come back to you. And, you know, we had PVD open probably about six months, sort of got our drive through operations locked in, the technology that went along with that, um, and we re-engaged a conversation with them. We came up with the Cracked Express model, which is about, um, you know, a scaled-down version of what we're offering uh, at, at Full Service Cracked, uh, about 50% of our menu, really focused on our core items, our breakfast sandwiches and our beverage um, offerings so cracked express yep. is
0: just the gas stations essentially
2: well it's not it, that's not our vision our vision is it's it's can go anywhere where you know you have 500 to 800 square feet it could go in stadiums it could airport. go in oh that's airport, what i was gonna it
0: could, say yeah yep. it, it, it could it, be train stations it could be train like stations this. yeah it's just our your express version yeah though, our the, express version the qsr version of could, the, the, the yeah yeah
2: you know e- even if if you know, if a franchisee presents it com- comes to us and they say we want you know something yeah. that's a little bit more manageable, a lower build out cost. I it, think it's really smart. Sorry, yeah. I, I cut you yeah. short. No, Keep no, going. no. I just think yeah, exactly. It, it it allows us to be a little bit more mobile with the brand. Um, yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, the trend thought that I had was like yeah. you build these things out while you're still a small company. It makes you more appealing for opportunity into yes. investors. Yes, of course. You have it. a strategy like okay, like we're small now, but like this is the this is the malleability yes. of our brand
2: we don't um, like to say no we we like to diversify um, you know is some of the things we touched on right when we started here we have you know we have our iron in a lot of fires we, we don't know not everything works but um, you gotta be like water
0: you we, know like when yes. there's the opportunity can we fit into that opportunity yes well maybe not the full like the the, the fast casual version right, right. That, that's prime for mm-hmm. Express right
2: yeah they came to us recently um, where they had a new location that they were building down in the water down in Gloucester. And um, it didn't have room for the 800 square feet with the hood. Yeah. But they wanted to have coffee, and they wanted to have higher-end coffee. So, you know, <laughs> Danny got the work and no. uh, developed a, uh, you know, kind of a build-out where we could do a, a crack barista bar. We went and looked at some bean to cup machines, something that would fit our, you know, our offer that was still high-end and, you know, wasn't the old-school AirPods sitting, you know, sitting with stale coffee for three hours. It was a fresh cup of coffee that was made utilizing technology. A guest can come in, hit a button, um, and it fits the same does that yeah. thing just go off randomly? <laughs> yes, yeah, does. what's going on?
0: <laughs> it's the second time the music, music just. No, I, I wouldn't. The things happening like this, I just think it's funny yeah. to talk about it.
2: Problems when, with uh, recording in a restaurant. Yeah, this <laughs> thing is just
0: bumping through the night, huh? Oh yeah. You guys coming in the morning? The music is Jerry. Hey, that's how you wake uh, up at five a.m. <laughs> so you said seven mil between. Was that the four brick Dude. and mortars and the the express? Is that through all channels? Uh, no, eight.
1: Eight. no, that's just that's just the uh, the corporate stores. Eight. Yeah, we do. Yep. Just a, yeah, I mean it's eight, eight. if you add in the franchises, we're close to eight. Okay, yep. and then not you're not including the express. Yeah, that would be yeah. The fran- express is like a franchise. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's just a JVP. And how many yeah. expresses are there right now? Right now, there's just one, and then okay. there's one coffee bar. Uh, we're, pl- we're planning to launch thirty in the next eighteen months Got of it. the coffee bars, and we're opening our second Crack express in Plymouth, Mass.
0: So the partners, you guys mm-hmm. started as partners when you, mm-hmm. from day one you were partners, right? Yep. Yep. There was two partners, or were there four partners?
1: Uh, it's just Alan and I were the were were, were the only partners to with, on the operations side. Okay, Class A, right? And yeah. then our, our other uh, partners were, were silent investors. Silent that, investors. Yeah. Yep.
0: And when did you think you needed more? Like if the cash flow was coming, you were doing three times the revenue you originally projected. Why did you think you needed to bring in more partners?
1: Um, you know, we felt like in order to in order to grow a business, uh, you, you need to look the part, right? Um, you can only fake it to to make it for so long. We knew that we had, um, you know, the website that needed to be upgraded. We had our marketing and design packaging that needed to be uh, elevated. Um, we knew that we had to bring on a team to help us get to where we needed to be, whether it was culinary directors or um, you know catering directors and. Um, there's a lot of technology, as we sp- we have spoken about, with the SOPs. So there's a lot of money there that may not be found in your cash flow, right? And so you have to almost kind of bleed out a little bit to be able to get those processes up and running. Yeah, you,
0: you either operate at a limited capacity for five years to put cash away, so you can mm-hmm. make the the investment internally to right th- let the cash flow determine your growth, or you say we get something hot, right? And like the market on this concept is hot. Do we do we ask for help so we can get there faster mm-hmm. than other and, people? Be it, first to market is that mm-hmm. the kind of and that's what it was. Oh, yeah,
1: I mean we you know we know that cracked. You know we're not trying to pass crack down to our kids, right? Our, our goal is sounds to- weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying not to pass crack. We yeah, no. we want the drugs. That yeah, end <laughs> <this generation>. um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you know it, our, our goal is always to, to to try to you know grow a brand um, you know, in a healthy manner, yeah. but you know, you need money to do that. Right. Yeah. And so you got to build the house before you move in. Totally. Mm-hmm. And you never want to run a business, uh, scared. You never right. want, you, you want to be able to do the things that you need to do and do it right. right. Um, and that's one thing that we have always done. We never take the shortcut. We never take the cheap way. Yeah. We always take the expensive way. Uh, and it, and it, you know it it, it works. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and talking about like restaurants, stoppable in our evolution. Like I spent the past ten years really focusing on going from like one to five locations. Yeah. Because in my mind that like we needed more restaurants in the world that were like small operators. Mm-hmm. But the more I opened myself up and educated myself, it's like five isn't really. You really need to to be able to create opportunity for people and stability and security mm-hmm. for people. Like you need cash flow and you need to yeah. get beyond that five. Yeah. I think I'd like to see a world of of you know, of operators operating in the ten to thirty location ballpark. I think that's a really great like regional model that creates opportunity. What do what you? What's going through your mind? No, I
1: was going to say. You know, we always talk about this the ugly duckling stage, right? Yeah. And you get stuck in that ugly duckling stage because you know you can make. You can make more money having two restaurants than having three restaurants, but then you make more money or having four restaurants. But when you have five and six restaurants, now you're losing money. Because but it's a
0: completely different business model. Yeah. That's what I mean, right? Yeah. And, so,
1: uh, and so I agree with you. It's like getting over that 10, you know, 10 mark is not easy right? Yeah. because you're either giving up equity or you're taking on debt. And so, in, in and you
0: can't do that at 10 or 15 locations because that's not enough. You need to really kind of double that to, right. get to the point where you're covering everybody's life. Right, Correct. exactly. So, so like, that. but I, if we could share this information and get it out to people so that there's fewer, um, that there's more big companies, but fewer massive, gigantic right. conglomerate. Right. Make mm-hmm. no offense to right. McDonald's and Subway. No, I mean, but yeah. like, let's, let's, like, let's take that level of operation, but like, bring it, to a local level where of course still some local like i don't know like character i, I think, think that's what you
1: know one of the reasons why we did the franchise is, is um you know the franchise company was we, we we really wanted to give the ability to take a really cool concept right and and have an operator run it As someone who always dreamed of being in a restaurant tour and having multiple restaurants and creating this brand was was for that reason and and when you when you build out corporate right you can have a 100 locations, but. At what point does it not become part of the community? And our franchisees, especially in Plantation, Florida, for uh, the guys down there, Jim and John, w- one thing that we always said to them was, "If you build it within, right? If you go into the community and you really build these relationships, it will come." And and, and that location has been open now for four weeks, and they've mm-hmm. they've been doing great numbers. Um, and you know, for Alan and I, if we opened a corporate restaurant down there. There's that. There's not that local feel, right. right? And so, as you build out these franchises, we don't. We're not just selling any franchise to anybody. You have to be passionate yeah. not only for the brand, but but to want to wanna sell that hospitality and ensure that that product that we've created going to someone's yeah. hand is is at a ten.
0: Yeah, I still want to work in the multi-unit operators. The the more like the people who have like their their one-off concepts. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we're underneath. Uh, the, the lipstick it's the, all the same systems but sure. they're you know the I, I, think I don't know how the what you'd call that but like your your stereotypical restaurateur who, has, who owns multiple restaurants but they're all mm-hmm. different concepts I, yeah. I like those 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 business models yeah I mean, the back, like the back the Fox office group. is the same they're but hard it's, to execute yeah, yeah. yeah and I think that as we go into the future you're going to see fewer and fewer of those operations yep because it it's is. just going to be getting more and more difficult it's just so hard to do that yeah and be profitable so yeah. um, but with that being said I mean I, I do I think I want to start talking to more people in your world of going like you just scaled the five Yep. now you're about to go to five to ten and then like bringing you back every two years okay yeah. last time I talked to you you were yeah. at four locations today you're at 15 locations what talk happened? to me it's a, <laughs> yeah it's a just journey. go deeper yeah. um, so I'm excited for that um, anything we haven't discussed today um, that you were hoping I can't believe we're already in like an hour and five minutes of recording time this Jeez. Is, so well, by quick two hours and five minutes is what it, <laughs> oh geez it does really fly by <laughs> that's but cool. like i enjoy it man i would go three hours you know yeah. not that i'm gonna get another hour here, so <laughs> No worries. So i know you have another restaurant to go check out no no worries there were worries. but yeah anything we haven't just dis- discussed
2: um you know i think just briefly if we can just touch on i mean i think the importance of building a good team i think you know we're we're very uh privileged here that we have people that have been loyal to us um since day one and even some that have been with us before that Um, and I think you know we wouldn't be able to scale and you know accomplish what we've accomplished over the last five years without that team it's a big expense it 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 is is, it is it is but Which,
0: which kind of makes me wonder what are your prime costs. Oh geez. Well, I mean we yeah, <laughs> no, I mean we
3: I mean, yeah.
1: we sit anywhere between a fifty six to a fifty nine percent. You know okay. I mean, that's where we you know Andover uh
0: sixty five percent used to be the goal I think now with yeah, these yeah. Yeah. we're seeing yeah if you can yeah. get into the fifties you're doing great. Yeah,
1: yeah. Our co- our cost of goods sit around right around thirty percent. You know, I mean, if you 30. can get into the
0: sixties you're doing good. You know fifties yeah. no, well, is great. Yeah no yeah. I
1: mean our our RCMPC costs because of how small we are you know those sit between three to four percent.
0: Does it lean greater towards the labor or the cost of goods? Um, both, actually. I, yeah, I would say cost
1: of goods. You yeah. Know. Uh, our our yeah. labor, our, our total labor line, because we don't run with salary managers in the building. Right. Uh, we run with all our leads. You know, we run about a, a 29 to 30 all in, including mm-hmm. payroll taxes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where, you know, it, think, and again, better sales, right? Those numbers drop. So, okay. right? Andover might run like a 27 all in on labor. Mm-hmm. Sale and PUD might run like a 29. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: And I think with scale too, uh, you know, we're very hopeful, uh, you know, barring another <laughs> pandemic or, 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 you know, supply line issues there, uh, you know, cost of goods with scale. I think y- you'll see improvement there with buying power. Right. And, um, you know, we have some things that we're working on to.
0: In terms of markets, where yeah. you yeah. I mean, are there certain markets you're trying to get into that you think are specific, like areas where you'd be interested in talking to certain franchises? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Over other areas, yeah. Well, like mean, what, car- what are those markets? Currently,
1: we're, we're currently marketing, you know, in the Carolinas, Virginia, NYC. Why those markets? Um, we we love the demos there. Uh, what's, and we
0: what's appealing about those demographics? Uh, For
1: you young professionals, a lot of colleges, a lot of, a lot yeah, of yeah. universities, um, a lot of the regional presence is sitting there. Um, If you look at other comps. A lot um, of transplants from up north. Yeah. We look at other comps from restaurants. I mean, they're doing some of their best numbers in the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Florida's a hot market, as we've seen what plantations doing so well. Um, Lower labor costs.
0: Lower labor costs, right. Sometimes lower build-up costs. Yeah. Less restrictions.
1: so, yeah, I mean, that's uh, some of the big reasons why we're we're looking in those markets. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so you were talking about, you know, yeah. your, your people and, like, yeah. you know, how grateful you are for them mm-hmm. and taking care of them, how important that is. Of course, yeah. What does that taking care of your people look like?
2: You know, for us, uh, it means a lot of different things. I think, you know, as we were talking about the financials, I think paying people a livable wage, making sure that, you know, you're taking care of them and you're doing the annual reviews and, you know, making sure people are not forgotten. I think it's creating opportunities for them. Um, You know, I think as you scale, there's no way that you could do every job yourself, you know. And, um, you know, Danny's great at it um, as far as delegating people, um, you know, seeing kind of what their strengths are, um, listening to them, what kind of opportunities they might be interested in, and then finding a role for them. There's so many different things um, on the day-to-day of running these restaurants um, there's so many things that fall through the cracks that sometimes it's about creating opportunities, uh, finding that spark in someone, um, that, you know, might, might be able to, you know, go, go a little bit above and beyond than, than yeah. just what that normal task
0: is. There's instance. the foundational it's, responsibilities that we all have, but yeah, like, what yeah. can you bring beyond that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, right.
2: yeah. Yeah. So, you know,
1: we have, we have a lot of those team members, you know, I mean, it could be anything. It could be beverage. It could be catering. It yep. could be back office yep. operations, yep. Uh, you know, cleanliness, sanitation, maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really taking those, uh, taking those people and saying, okay, what works for them? Uh, and, and what can they really excel at, you yep. know, and, and being yep. able to give them the tools to succeed, um, you know, is probably the most important. And, and, you know, I mean, it's saying hi and bye are probably the two most important things that you can do, uh, with your staff. Um, because when you start, when you stop saying hi and bye, I, you know, even till this day, I remember Kevin, he always say hi and he always say bye. Right, yep. and not many owners do that, yep. uh, and so and that, that was the entire ownership at Burton's. Yeah. Um. And high
0: buy in name high
1: buy. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. right? I mean, it's just like yeah, you know the basics, right? And um and I think that's you know there's a lot to be said about that because once you yep. once you instill that into a team, you start to kind of see that spread, right? Yep. And giving hugs, there's nothing wrong with giving hugs, you know, from from team member to team member because um you know that's what creates that culture, uh, so. You know, it's, so same question stuff. to you,
0: Danny. Um, you know, when I asked if there's anything you, we didn't discuss that you were hoping we would discuss, mm-hmm. Alan brought up you know culture and the people. What about you? Anything that you were hoping we could bring to? I mean, you. I get that I'm talking to two people who listen to the show, and I love when that happens. Yeah. I feel like you understand what I'm here to do. You understand my mission. Sure. Yeah. So in the conversations you've heard in the past, right? And something you could have brought, you know, in terms of added value that we can get to discuss. What would that be for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there was probably one thing that that's top of mind is balance. Um, I think trying to create balance uh, in, a, in a life that is so hectic, um, you know, it's it really comes down to having each other's backs. Uh, and I think for both Alan and I, and, and we obviously have wives and kids, um, you know, not every day is perfect. And you've got kids that might be sick. You've got kids that get called out of school. you got, you know, people that, you know, just need help. Um, and I think trying to understand and find the balance between both families, right? And that's what we're here for. We're here to support. the The last year has been a, a hell of a year, and Alan has been there to support us through that entire process, right? And so, when you have something like that, when you have somebody that, that gives you the ability to have balance, it really gives you peace of mind. Uh, and I think in any partnership or even just one, you know, one person that's looking to open a restaurant, and jump into a business, you have to be able to find the balance to say, okay, there's me time. Uh, There was time for the business. There's time for my uh, my staff and time uh, for the family. Right. And me time is so important because without that, you're not able to settle back down and truly understand what you're what you're capturing. For me, it was always about the business, the business, the business, business. And finally, my wife sat me down and said, what the fuck are you doing? You you, got to find some time for yourself. You know, you're overweight. You look like shit. Right? Get with the program. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I appreciate it. Right? Yeah. Um, but it's true, right? Because when you start to respect yourself, it's much easier to respect the people around you, yeah. right? And so if you're, not, if you're not portraying this person who's having balance, how can you tell someone else to have balance? How can yeah. you tell someone else to shave and, and look good and, and be presentable if you just walk around looking, you know, baggy eyes and, 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 yeah. and like crap?
0: It, it is our job in this industry to lift people up, and we can only lift them up to our level. Correct yeah hundred percent
1: yeah and yep. you know it's a great 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 way to say it but, yeah yeah that's uh awesome um, i got.
0: i i am curious before we wrap it up um we didn't talk we talked about guerrilla marketing how you got started mm-hmm. i do see that you're using um website by mari and gold Marion gold Marion yep. gold yep. yep um first time i've seen that website uh, and i also see that you have an app so yep. mm-hmm. like what are your partners there
1: yeah, so Marion Gold um, used to be called uh, Raindrop. Uh, Nicole and the team over there—they do an incredible job of. Is it like a boutique. thing outside the boss, they're out they're of San Diego. Yeah. yeah, they're from San Diego. Custom websites. Yeah, we met them um, just about two years ago, and they really helped to, mm-hmm. to develop our brand package, right? Yeah. And you know, the colors, the fonts, the the logo, and and what you're not going to do with the logo, and what you do with the logo. They helped us do the Yokes wagon. I mean, they've done so much stuff. And Emma works with them. Emma and Brooke work with them more than, than we do. But um, they, they don't were, do your app, do
0: you? Because no, NCR, NCR does our app. Okay. Yeah,
1: so NCR, it's a base app. And then we just implement all of our colors and fonts and and, and stuff like that. And so Emma um, and, the, and that crew built that up. But yeah, I mean, uh, they, they do a great job of really thinking outside the box. I remember when our initial... A conversation with them you know we had a zoom call and they were just asking us the weirdest questions but it got a lot out of you you know it was like what's your favorite animal or you know yeah, who's your favorite idea of who you are yeah, yeah. Or, or you know if if uh, you know if the if cracked was a was a person who would it be yeah. An actor yeah, yeah like actor that. yeah right and yeah, we brain rock. yeah yeah
0: so I'm actually literally going through this process right now I'm working with people to relaunch restaurant unstoppable that's great uh, we're going through we're trying to really fine tune the brand yeah so I yeah totally get no, it. there yeah they were great we'd you know, recommend great them yeah yeah it's it's no they were, work with they were we high work quality with. awesome for sure um i think we can start to wrap it up so i want to ask you these questions i don't know how you guys want to handle it you can mm-hmm. choose to delegate or you know you can both answer sure. uh but the first question i have for you is what is one thing about your business a value a process a system something that's uncommon that makes you truly unstoppable who's it going to be you, you, you want to you, take it you can can you repeat it again? Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> is one thing about your business—a yeah. value, a process, a system—that's truly uncommon and makes you unstoppable? A value, a system, a process. Hmm.
1: We talked about this earlier. Yeah. It's the people.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know,
1: it it, it truly so it? <laughs> it, Yeah, it, it true. It truly is the people because the people is what makes everything
0: happen. So, what is it about your people that makes your business unstoppable?
1: God, you know they 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 lift us up, right? Mm -hmm. They, they, they show us what's possible. Um, and you know, anytime you walk into a, into our, our building, um, there's a sense of pride, uh, that they take in in ensuring that our product, Mm -hmm. um, that we've built so hard to, to create is going out the door. And when you see that, um, there's nothing in the world that's going to stop you from growing. How did you create this level of give a fuck? Sorry.
0: No, go. Go What is it? How do we? Cre- How did you create that? I'll say I'm feel bad it's yeah, some yeah. dirty words back and forth, back to back. <laughs> How did you create this level of give a fuck?
2: You know, I think that you need to teach people the story, and you need to inspire them. You know, and I think when you're really, really passionate about your business, and you know, you show that on a day to day basis. Part of it is just showing up and being present, and. Um, you know, as Danny said, it's, it's poking your nose and things. It's saying hi to people. It's asking questions. Um, I think inspiring them, knowing you care. Um, I think them seeing the business succeed and having hope for the future, I think is huge as well. Um, so I think everybody likes to grow. Everyone likes a challenge. I mean, we just recently brought, you know, eight of our staff members down to Florida to open that location. We had a blast. We had fun. Um, and it was inspiring for me. I hope it was inspiring for them. Um, but I think you know, I think those those go a long way.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you want to add something that cut you short? Before yeah,
2: before? I remember. So the other thing I think that makes us unstoppable, I think, is you know our our varied our varied experiences and sort of the expertise that we have that bring that to the table. I think between you know we touched on this interview Emma in her expert, expertise uh with the administration with technology you know Danny he he is uh he's got experience in everything but he's a numbers guru you know the guy he doesn't look like it but he'll crank out <laughs> spreadsheets uh budgets you know unbelievable my wife Megan um you know, she she did an internship at Disney. She has that hospitality
1: gene. She's I an went un- to Disney with my brother. D- did you?
0: Right now, where we're supposed to go. <laughs> no I'm, way. I'm saving for an RV joke. Yeah. yeah so. There's nobody better
1: at hospitality than Megan. I you can know, guarantee you that. Um,
2: she, she does not let anyone walk in the door without a, <laughs> you know. a huge hello yeah. um, and definitely holds that standard when it comes it's, to. It's to those one of the reasons
1: front. why Andover was so successful.
2: I mean,
0: it's, uh, uh, it, it takes a tribe. Yeah,
1: it oh, takes a tribe. And yeah. I think, you know. And From, uh, and between yeah. that, you have you know a family to worry about, Yeah. Right? Yes, so, yeah. yes,
0: but like yeah. the tribes are meant to be diverse. Mm-hmm. The more mm-hmm. diverse your your people are, the more well covered you are. Yeah, right? you know. Right. Yeah. And the, we're we're not all meant to be good at everything. Mm-hmm. Correct. We need right. partners. Yeah. Um. So the mission statement is to change the world mm-hmm. by inspiring, empowering, and transforming the industry. How have you two personally transformed? Who are you today versus the men you were when you got started in this industry?
2: Oh man, um. You know, I think definitely mellowed out a little bit. (laughs) I think I definitely managed a lot more with passion. Um, I think being able to lean into all the experiences from all the different restaurants that I've worked at, all the different jobs that I've held, mentors. um, I think being able to lean into those experiences, um, take a step back from the business, and really, you know, be able to implement those things on a daily basis uh, has certainly helped me in a number of
0: ways, but... You know, also change the leader that I am, Danny. Earlier, you said that you are a better listener now. Yeah, yeah. Is that that still the case, or do you want to add something to that? No, it is. (laughs) I think you know,
1: Alan kind of said it right. I mean, before we would, it was all about the passion and you know the excitement and. You know, um, now it's it's more just about, I, I was talking to Alan about this on New Year's, right? We had two staff members fighting about something stupid and Alan and I are on the phone just dying laughing <laughs> because we're like, how stupid do they sound about what they're fighting over? And, and we're just laughing. And I was saying, Alan, you know, it's funny, three years ago, I would have hung up the phone right. and called him and, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? You know, and it's just like, you're just laughing because you understand it, you yeah. know, and, and it's two passionate people just fighting over something that's so stupid. Right. And so you let I it want play to out. Know
0: what, it, what are they fighting over? Oh my God. We're not saying names.
1: We're not saying names, but something stupid about an order that needed to be placed and it didn't get placed on time. And then he was asking the other one for product and he said, go fuck yourself. And, <laughs> It's just, it's, you know, it's just like, you just laugh because you're just like, you know, the personalities involved and you just laugh. And they were, they were also hugging like the day later. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so funny. Right. But yeah, I think, I think as you, as you, you know, see everything that happens, right. Uh, you become more patient. Right. Sure. And, yeah. and like I said, you, you're looking for, um, the, the trueness of somebody. And when, when you wait and just stop and listen and you're patient, you can really find that, that truth. Uh, and, uh, and for myself, it's, it's made me a better person, a better dad, a better husband, a better business person, a better partner. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's, it's all about just kind of, you know, bettering yourself because you're never perfect. Right. And every day you learn something new and every day I'm going to drive home and say, shit, how could that interview you gotten better? Maybe I could have said something better. And, um, but you know, at the end of the day, right, it's, we do what we can. And, yeah. and as long as you're striving to be the, the best person that you can be, um, then I think that you'll end up making the world a better place. Cause if you can, if you can just help one person and inspire them to be a better person, mm-hmm. you've done your job.
0: I love that. Um, if you got the news, this is the last question. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the members of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure. Mm-hmm. With the accession of three pieces of wisdom you could leave behind mm-hmm. for the good of humanity and your legacy. Mm-hmm. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? I don't know if you guys want to tag yeah. team this one. or yeah, team, go team. right ahead.
2: I could say uh, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. There's one. I'd say um, pressure is privilege. Two. You, want, you got one? You want to go or not? No, go ahead. Or do you want to do... Th- I'll do three. Go I'll ahead. Do you, do yeah. you do it. Give me
0: one more and then you give me three. Um, I might have to go to my notes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got two down. We're going to Danny. Give me, uh, give me your three. I,
1: I, I would say uh, the first important one is be nice to your mother and wife. There one. you go. That's a good one. Uh, the second one is the seven Ps, which is prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I love that. Uh, and the third one is be better than the day before. I love
0: that. There you go, Alan. Do you want to? I'll add go. More?
2: I'll go. Knowledge is key. I yeah, think yeah. Um, in order to be a good, you know, in order to be a good teacher, you need to be a good student first. You need to understand what you're teaching.
3: Yeah, so I love that.
0: Great stuff. Um, and I'm. This is my north star. This next question, the mm. last. This is truly the last question. Here is who do you respect and admire? Somebody that if you found out there were a guest on my show, you'd be like, "Oh, we gotta listen to that one." Who yeah. is that for you? You know, for
1: me, and, and, and maybe for Al, I'll let him go, obviously, but uh, a gentleman named uh, George Delaney, uh, he's uh, the president of, of IMP Shellfish uh, in Ipswich, but he really helped kind of jumpstart this whole thing, and he made uh, me and, and I know Alan really believe that we could do this, uh, and he was always pushing us to to really kind of take that next step, and we worked for him shortly, just kind of helping out with consulting. He had started a food truck, and we helped him get that thing off the ground, but uh, George is someone that is never at like a five or a six or even a nine. He's at a ten all <laughs> the fucking time. You know, if you had him on this show, you'd probably have to back up the microphone ten feet because <laughs> he's just at another level. But he's he's helped us, you know, or helped me at least, you know, just kind of see and understand that there's no excuses, there's no bullshit. The job needs to get done whatever it takes yep. that that is you know truly something or someone i admire uh and to this day i still do he's just he's just a great dude and
0: that was out of ips which was the restaurant
1: uh it's actually a shellfish company he owns oh. a seafood company i I'm, am IMP. imp he's a vendor yeah but yeah. he's
0: a great dude um and for you who's that person um
2: you know i'll give our guy uh, mike brown a shout out and um he's kind of followed a great similar team. Uh, trajectory of us you know he he's a coffee roaster he owns um hometown coffee um but you know he started roasting coffee in his basement when we were making egg sandwiches in danny's kitchen um yep. and he's been a great partner with us uh along the way and he he's they got a
0: location Manchester in, in atkinson too like off of 111 or no just, manchester, might just his man- coffee but yeah man he has manchester oh, yeah.
2: he's he's um
0: i'm thinking this some bean never yeah I,
2: I, oh yeah, yeah yeah i know you're talking about human bean i think or something like that um, but He's. Um, We're just built, talking built local community. shit now. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's like, no no like, what can't. are they talking? <laughs> <about?"> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's a good guy. I think. I think. Uh, yeah. Mike Brown,
0: from. look out! I'm coming after there you, you George Delaney. Look out! I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. Uh, I got those names right, did I? Yeah, I yeah, 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 cool. cool. um, And how can we connect with you if we really enjoyed today's show? Maybe. We're interested in maybe getting involved in becoming a franchise. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the, the best way to reach out? Website, e- right? Yeah, website. You, website,
1: email, you can email uh, dnea at
2: crackkitchen.com. LNF at crackkitchen.com. We're easy to find. Yeah,
1: so- social <laughs> handles. Or, come to, or come to the restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> social handles. Uh, at
0: Cracked Kitchen. All right, there, there you, you go. go. This is episode 1056. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 1056. We'll have a summary of today's discussion uh, as well as... Any Link any tools or services or people recommended? Uh, There is no questioning. Danny and Alan, you two are unstoppable. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. You share. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guests today, Danny Azarello and Alan Fratty. And uh, man, such an inspiring story. And you know, when I started this podcast, crazy to think ten years ago, we're celebrating ten years as of January. Uh, it was my my dream, my vision that people would be listening to this show and it would be inspiring them and empowering them to to go out and to to make their own dreams come true and to have people reaching out to me ten years later after starting this and saying hey we've been listening to your show you know ever since whenever they started thinking about opening their own place and knowing that this show is inspiring people to go out and to, to, to take that leap of faith and to get started is just so heartwarming to me so thank you so much you know Danny and Alan for reaching out and letting me know uh, about your success and just knowing that I had a little bit of influence on that just is so rewarding and man what a great story today what a great advice uh, this was a really amazing episode I hope you all at home enjoyed it and we have some amazing things happening here at restaurant unstoppable 10 years if you don't evolve you die right so we are evolving here at restaurant unstoppable and that is manifesting in the process of launching our new website so one thing that I've gotten feedback on over the years is the content and there's so much of it, over a thousand episodes, we're sifting through all of the past content and we're organizing it to make it searchable by geographic, by restaurant type, by guest type and more. So if that's something you're interested in, stay tuned. We'll have that new website launched by February. And we're also relaunching our community aspect. Uh, we are going to be doing our live events are going to be going strong. And I am getting to the point where I need to commit to what I would do if I was opening a restaurant. So I am going to be starting a coaching, a restaurant tour inner circle where I am going to lay it out for you. What am I doing? What are the, the core values that are going to be steering what I do? What are the the, the four different buckets of, of you know information, the, the areas where you have to become a master? We're going to be unpackaging that in a six month long coaching program. So if you're interested in that, please email me Eric at restaurant com and In the subject put, I'm feeling unstoppable. So I know what you're interested in. We'll keep you in the loop there. Uh, Also, I am still on my pursuit of getting into an RV. So we are waiting until February. I want to get a new tax season on the record. I think that will really help my financing. uh, And uh, we are going to be hitting the road as soon as I can. So know that I haven't forgotten about that, that that is still the goal, to be 100% mobile, to go after these stories, to take a more journalistic approach. And um, if you have a backyard or a driveway, I can park an RV, reach out to me. Again, eric at restaurantstoppable.com. I'll come to your city and I need all the support I can get. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out.